Update 8.0 woes. And PS5 UI. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation podcast. I am your host, as always, Brett Beck, and alongside me, also as always, Mr. Saul Bridges. Bringing you lucky episode 184. 184. If, I feel like we need to start this episode actually off the, in a way that I can't believe both Saul and I really forgot to mention last time, but I had a whole week of seeing it and people in Discord knew about it. But for visual people who are used to seeing us oh. and who may not be on the Discord, and since Saul doesn't have a Facebook, no, um, you may have noticed that for a split second, Saul seemed like he may have been a new person hosting the show. Clean shaven. Um, so I have to say something here. Actually, Saul was out last week. This is actually Saul. He buzzed his beard down, is, but last week it was Michael. It was, it was Dylan. A, <laughs> Dylan, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, coming back into a dick is your best thing. But, uh, yeah. In no, no, case no, no, forget, anybody, like episode 40. Or whatever. He did the intro. He did do it as for me. This. Yes, he did. But he also did it jokingly as you are. Yeah. your best, I think. Either way, it is Saul. Obviously. He, he, he shaved his face. <laughs> but um, You're like two weeks too late, too. Like, now there's actual stubble growing back. Like, it's exactly. actually coming back. So Yeah. So, it doesn't okay. look as weird now. I know Give last it. week it confused everyone. Give it like Thanksgiving. It'll be back to pretty much normal. Yeah. So, now that that's out of the way, we start to show off the right way every time. So, if you want to stick around and find out where you can find us, you can do so a little bit later in the show. But, for now, Saul, is this another week of you playing no video games? It is, and I'll blame 8.0 for that. That is fair. You actually specifically reached out to try and play a game this week yep. with me. So, okay. Um, I lied. A little bit. I did play some Bloodborne, but I started playing Bloodborne. Which also had problems on Friday, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna play this, and I'm gonna do the build I was gonna do for my Let's Play because it's my favorite build in the game." And you can go through Chalice dungeons as soon as you unlock them and get late game weapons and other meaning meaning. I don't know meaningful, but game breaking things. Um, so when do you unlock chalice dungeons in that game? When I'd... you beat Bloodstarved Beast. Oh. Yeah, you get your first chalice, you go through, you beat the first two bosses in the in the story chalice or whatever, and then you you get this, I think it's the uh, Tumeru chalice, and then from there you can search glyphs. And then once you can search glyphs, you can go find... For those that don't know, chalice dungeons are something unique to Bloodborne, where they are randomly generalized. I can't mm-hmm. speak today at all. <laughs> Randomly, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it wrong again because my brain is dumb. Generated, generated. Yes, it's the randomly generated dungeons that have seeds. So you can go into a brand new dungeon, and you can find stuff in there that nobody else has found. But it, you could also take the seed for that dungeon and post it online so other people can go see it and get items in there and stuff like that. So it leads to you being able to find weapons that you don't get until really late in the game, early. And that's kind of how it was always intended for them. They they put those items in those seeds for that reason because it's something completely different. I didn't realize that game. I mean, I knew it had Chalice Dungeons, and I never really bothered with them because they don't sound like my type of thing. They got really. I didn't annoying. realize there were seeds. Yeah, they're seeds. You can type in. I mean, I know that there are technically seeds for any randomly generated thing, but does it's not common normally that games will let you so type like, in your own seed. If I if I go and I do a Chalice Dungeon. And I like what's in there. Say if like there's something cool in there. Um, 
when you go to the chalice on the main page or whatever on the tombstone, it shows you what your seat is on the bottom, and you can give that seat to anybody. So okay. the Chikage is a weapon that its trick transformation is uh, using blood techniques. So you use your blood tinge stat. Okay. And you can't get that game that weapon until really late in the game. Well, you can now get it before you even go fight Vicar Amelia now. Okay. Yeah. Um. So that's that's kind of how they intended to use Chalice Dungeons and stuff. Some people don't like that idea. Some people think it's cheap. But it's kind of what they intended people to do. Like, they intended them to be random. And they knew that because they give you early access to them. They knew that that would happen. But what I think is kind of cheap, and I did it anyways. <laughs> uh, and, and if I... If I test my Elgato and it works and I do a saw place for Bloodborne, I'll do it then too. Um, there's a chalice dungeon you can type in and it is a very late, late game chalice because you start, because some of them have weird requisites like um, to get the chalice to get the Queen of Yarnum, which you have, that's a trophy, you have to beat her to get the platinum. Yep. But in order to get that chalice, you have to beat a chalice dungeon where you are at half health. It cuts your health directly in half, and you have to go feed Omnigala and stuff in there. Well, there is this chalice that with this seed, you have no health. You have one HP. You have, one, you have a, a, a pixel of a health bar. Yeah. But you start, and you walk out of the main room, and it's a hallway, and there's an enemy, and you can see the enemy's health bar getting killed off screen, and you get 80,000 blood echoes every time he dies. So you go, stand there, you wait six seconds for him to die and then you use a bold hunter's mark aka a homeward bone and you go back to the lantern and you just keep walking out and getting millions and millions of blood echoes so by the time i fought the car amelia i was like level 100 something <laughs> but bloodborne okay. s- something they do that sounds cheap first of all i have the platinum in the game so this is just a fun way to replay the game second of all it's not as cheap as you think because you can't have a fully upgraded weapon by Vicar Amelia. Like your weapon's still plus three at most, I think, or maybe plus two, but you're still not doing tons of damage. Yeah, you could just take way more. Yeah, you could just take, you could tank way more. Um, and I was trying to do that build. I started Friday, and no, I started Thursday, and I got to the point where I beat Bloodstarved Beast, and I'm like, I'm going to leave this for tomorrow. Well, I tried to go online, and then whenever I turned it to online and then resumed my game, it said kicking you offline uh, server interruption problems or something. So I'm like, this game, they're done uh, supporting this game. They're not doing server maintenance on this game. Weird. Go to Bloodborne. Subreddit. Everybody's been having problems since 8.0 update. There was no online functionality. It, it turned online, net online the online functionality off for everybody somehow. Like I it saw killed, you tweet about it. It killed the servers, and... I hadn't seen, like, if you go through the Bloodborne, hashtag Bloodborne, um, hashtag on Twitter, you can see people tweeting at PlayStation. And I'll say this. We follow both Ask PlayStation and Ask PlayStation UK. I have never once seen Ask PlayStation help somebody when they tweet to them. Have you ever noticed that? Ryan tweeted at them for a thing he had a, he had a problem with with Rod, or whatever that game is, the motorcycle game, and yeah. he, they never responded to him. But Ask PlayStation, you see constant people getting responded back. I never got responded you to You mean UK? Yeah, I, I never got responded to on that. They never said we're going to look into it. Nothing. Yeah, that's a problem. And Oh, you know what? Does that go back toward, which I think, this is the problem with the idea. We keep talking about globalization this year because uh-huh. of Jim Ryan and that. 
The problem with globalization is that then it starts to feel like, shouldn't you have a global Ask PlayStation? Shouldn't there only be one if this is a global thing? Isn't that just Ask PlayStation? Because it's not Ask PlayStation <laughs> US, it's just Ask PlayStation. Yeah, but it's it's assumed that it's the US because it's the only one that doesn't. It, there is not a US one. Well, well, is there? We don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't think there is. Just but, like there's not a PlayStation US, but there's a PlayStation UK. And there's a PlayStation Asia, and there's a PlayStation Japan. No, there's not an Ask PlayStation yet. There's Ask PlayStation um, DE. What is that? That's um, Denmark? Probably, yeah. And then you have Ask Play- or you have PlayStation Port. That looks fake. That looks like somebody Probab- trying to scam people. Probably is. So when you, and the fact that it's not. And then um, Ask PlayStation. There's no T in station. Yeah, I think that this is weird. I See, it goes back to my thing of like, okay, so if you're going to not if you're no longer going to have like PlayStation US and PlayStation UK and it's going to you're going to be a global company, then why is your social media not global? Why are you going to why are you going to stop separating all of the PS blog and put it into one place, but then you're not going to put all of your social media into one place? I know the answer. Well, even then, text <laughs> text for problem solving are the uh, is the baseline for these kind of companies. They, yeah. they, that should be answered. Yeah. That should have said, "Oh, we want to wear this issue. We'll look into it." That anything that that takes less than three seconds to type out, but they didn't. Yep. And I think if you, um, I'm, I can't remember Ryan's Twitter handle because it changes so often. But there's uh, there was an issue he had with, with Rod where like he tweeted at them like seven times, five times, six times, something like that, multiple times. Because he was having an issue where he could not launch the game, and he's they the just, skinny rage, by the way. They just never um, tweeted back to him that I saw, and I was sitting there looking at the the, the problem to see if maybe it's something I could solve, but I, I never saw them tweet back to him at all. And it seems like I can go down any day and just browse our timeline, and I'll see Ask PlayStation UK responding to somebody. Like that's yeah. how I know that they're active is because it's being responded to. Yeah, I see it often as well. That's an issue, and I wonder what their answer is to it and why it's happening that way. And if you're going to let that be what's con- most supposed to be considered the go-to thing, it's just it's odd. I don't. I, I think it. It continues to go through the thing of you want to be a global company, but you don't want to let your social media be global because you want certain social media to be able to post one thing, and then you want other social media for a different region to be able to post something that would maybe seem, excuse me, more fitting or um, reasonable for that region. Sometimes that's, you know, we talk about the fact with how there's a lot of corporate doublespeak and how. And, and it's just one of those things, right? You'll see the thing come along where whenever Pride Month comes up or something like that, they'll do where everybody changes their name to the rainbow version of their logo. But then the moment that you see one of the areas and where that stuff is not tolerated on a societal level within there, they never change it. You saw it from Bethesda when mm-hmm. it came to time to go to Bethesda and some of the places that are more uh, extremist. I don't, that's that's rough. I probably shouldn't say that, but. In areas where those things are not as common, be it whatever societal thing that they're trying to do, they don't make those changes there. And that's why they'll never actually go through with making a unified social media. Because as much as they want to be a global company and a unified company, they're too scared of the potential of losing customers to actually go through with with the full implementation of that. Yeah. And that's why it just feels like anytime a company says something, you, it's all layered in these multiple layers of corporate speak and even if the one person who's saying it may actually believe it the company lets someone else in a different area run things the way that may be better fit for that area and their belief systems so i don't know that's weird but 
I'm a little surprised that something as simple as Ask PlayStation, at least, is not a unified thing to where it's one group of people who are saying language barriers can come in there. There's a lot of reasons, I guess. But why is one active and the other one not? That that makes no sense. But. Yeah, and um, I just double-checked and to see if they had ever responded to them. They never did. Um, but I... So I haven't played that. Um, I think it's... I looked at the subreddit today. I think it's fixed now. Somebody said that... It's fixed because people were trying weird things like go to, like teleport to Cathedral Ward, take all your items off, and then teleport or, or go online, and then it'll work. And for some people, it, worked, it never worked for me, so I just gave up. What a weird series of events. So well, it's like they think that items that you earned if you played online and now versus offline, maybe you could re-register something. Sure, I don't know. Um, I tried to play Red Dead Redemption Two online. Or Red Dead Online, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the day of the uh, update, that didn't happen. I tried to play Warzone with y'all on the day of the update. That didn't happen. Um, so that's that's all the games I've been playing this week. Have you played anything new? No. I don't think so. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I, I mean, I've still been playing Crash Bandicoot, and that's taking up plenty of time, and it's still a challenge. Um which is fine. I haven't played that many games this week. I've been busy in just different ways. Friday, I went to a party at a friend's house, had fun. Yesterday, I spent most of my time in um, Hot Springs with the family, having a good time. So and That's kind of how I've been. My brother-in-law's in town. So yeah. yesterday, we went to Naaman's Barbecue. That place is really good. Oh, yeah. I never eaten I haven't had yesterday. it either. Yeah, but was, I've heard great things. Super good. Uh, I've, of course, I've been watching The Boys all week. Oh, I've been editing a music it? video. Yes, I finished it today. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. Uh, I was, I've been editing a music video and dealing with things on that, and that's taking up time. So I've had interest in other places. I've played games this week, but it's clearly not taking any kind of precedent. I'll be playing more games. I'll be at Retro Games when my um, Retroid 2 gets here. Yeah. That won't be for like another couple of weeks, though. <laughs> I did buy I've been playing off and on I didn't this past week but I have been playing off and on Sonic Adventure 2 and I've been wanting to play Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 even though 1's a lot more rough I still love it but I've decided that as much as I'm having fun playing them on Dreamcast and I'm probably going to try and finish them on Dreamcast just because it's the OG experience I bought both of them during the sale on Steam uh, where it was 80% off for both of them. So I got both Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 for like 3 bucks. That's not bad at all. And the reason I wanted to do that is because while I own the remasters for both of those games on PS3, the problem with the remasters across the board is that naturally they did not go back in and expand to a widescreen. Yeah. All they did was kept them at that 4.3 and then put images on the side. I hate that. Uh, all the Mega Man collections do that. Do that, yeah. And I can't stand that. It's it's distracting. Just put, make it black borders. I don't really... Uh, my thing is, is like Mega Man makes sense to make it, to leave it and make it black borders or whatever. I don't care about that. I think my problem with Sonic Adventure is that unlike a game like Mega Man, there's no problem in, in terms of essentially what you'd be doing is extending this. That you, you'd just be extending the field of view because you don't want to stretch it you don't want to mess pro- with proportions you, you'd be surprised how many people actually enjoy playing emulated stretched. games stretched I, it depends on the game and it depends on how weird the art style is sometimes I've, I've tried stretching sonic before and it looks wrong because his proportions are already odd he's like flat <laughs> yeah uh, i used to play crash bandicoot stretched on playstation 3 whenever i'd replay the ps1 ones it didn't bother me something about the way those games are made it once you stretch it, it takes a very slight little bit of, of, of adjustment, but then you can do it. But 
when you're coming through and remastering a game, there's no reason that you can't just tell the game, hey, instead of looking at this much of the view, look at this much of the view. I don't think there's a problem inherently, and clearly that is true, because on the PC version, which is naturally like that, there are mods for both games to let you play them in full widescreen support where you just see more of the map around you. And it also does that in cutscenes and a bunch of other stuff. I like that. I think that's a cool setup. And they all they also have a bunch of stuff to re- make the game render in like 4K, which again naturally could not happen. Um, there's a bunch of things I'm just interested in trying out. There's a switching out to the models from the GameCube games, but keeping the lighting from the Dreamcast games because the GameCube models are cleaner and better. But the lighting makes them look shiny and weird. Yeah. When in comparison to the Dreamcast, which made them look like they had fur. Weird. So there's a lot more control, I guess. And I do think that if you definitely if you look at Sonic Adventure ones, uh, GameCube, whatever it's called, the terrible name Sonic Adventure DX Director's Cut, um, it's got way and I don't know why I guess it's because of the way GameCube worked or whatever but it's got way worse textures across the board for that entire game if you look it's like you'll be walking on something and it's super detailed in the Dreamcast version you get to the GameCube version and for some reason even though the system's way stronger it's yeah they it's blockier they, yeah it's like they have a, a completely different texture it doesn't even look like the original game so I will be doing a little bit of that I plan on playing more but there's you know the thing is like right now in october i'm playing what i'm playing and i'm enjoying it when i am but there's so much in november that i don't know how i'm gonna handle it uh i'm gonna handle it by not getting a ps5 on launch because i can't take take the ps5 out from launch right don't even worry about that don't pl- worry there's plenty of games i'm not there. playing cyberpunk see until i have power, until i have ps5 that's fair uh yeah. there was one other uh november release i was gonna play what is it not demon souls because i'm not gonna play that talking to ps5 because i well news we might get it on ps4 i don't know i'm not sure um but yeah, like there's. I mean, I don't know what yours was, but there's, of course, all the PS5 games. There's plenty of cross gen games within that. If you're a big fan of Assassin's Creed, you've got Assassin's Creed. You've got a new Call of Duty. You've got huge, long running franchises. You've got new games that are coming. They're just sports games for their respective thing, which we always see. We have cross-gen games, like the fact that even if you're not getting a PS5 at launch, you can still go and play Spider-Man Miles Morales. You can still play Sackboy, A Big Adventure. But see, for people who have intentions on getting a PS5 in launch window, I feel like that's... Like, why would you do why that? Why would you do that? I agree, but... And that's why I... If you're not, if you don't have those intentions, like, I understand for you, it makes no sense for you to start games that you'd rather just play on PS5. Yeah. yeah. So for me, like, it's... Destiny 2 expansion is going to be something I want to check out. Oh, yeah. But... That's really it. Like... Everything else is pretty much going to be a PS5 thing, and I've signed up for Amazon emailing on when the PS5 will come back in stock. Never once have I been emailed. Yeah, and it's just it's kind of frustrating. I'm hoping I get lucky, and in the same in in the same month period of time, so between then and Christmas, I'll find one. I think the problem right now too is that you're specifically aiming for the digital, of which they've made way way less of. It seems even then though, like it's yeah. it's the cheaper one. So people are going to get the cheaper I mean, yeah, one regardless. It's that, it's that too, but they also, especially people who don't care about yeah. physical collections. Yeah, but um, it's interesting that Sony made so much less of them. Like if you I looked at all the pre-order things across every vendor, like that had the ability to the they had so few. It's like twenty three percent less or something. The no, number way, that I read way less than that. Certain places had like eighty percent of their pre-orders that they were a lot of physical. No. I mean, there's only twenty three percent of the digitals made versus yes, yes. based on the pre-order numbers. Gotcha, yeah. um, I don't know, dude. Like. I want I want one obviously mm-hmm. I want one within launch window I definitely want one before Christmas because I'm gonna take I said this last episode my vacation for the work 
for work is going to be during Thanksgiving week and Christmas week. I want something new and shiny to mess with around that. Until then, I'll probably just be playing Pokemon or something on my Retroid. Do you remember for a long time, and this is one of the things that came up with Xbox One when it was first coming around, and it was all these things about used games not working and different things going on. There was this idea that because it wouldn't be beneficial to the uh, to the vendor, not the, I shouldn't say the vendor, I guess that is technically it, but the retailer, rather, it wouldn't be beneficial for them to really worry about selling a machine that they would only get the purchase of the machine for and nothing else. Um, so in the relation to like GameStop, a lot of people talked about, well, GameStop's primary moneymaker is the used game market. Right. So if the Xbox One can't play used games without people essentially having to rebuy the game, people there's no reason for GameStop to worry about selling the Xbox One. Now, clearly that was all changed, and it ultimately didn't matter. But for a long time, and I understand the basic principle, but for a long time there was this idea that the moment that you take tech stores, definitely individual gaming stores like GameStop was for a long time, and you tell them, well, here's our new console, this new console can only play digital, that those, manuf- that those retailers would go, we're not going to worry about selling that SKU or that machine at all if there's not a version that has, has disc because we won't get any repeat purchases off of you. Someone will come into our store, buy the thing one time, and at least for that item, there's no guarantee they'll come back to buy anything else. I don't, now, I don't, I'm not saying that that's necessarily for real how it should work. I just think it's interesting that clearly that's not how anybody's taking this. It's too bad that I don't think GameStop has that power right now. I don't think they do. Because if they don't, if they do, they have money hoards somewhere they're not telling us about. Because that could make or break them. And honestly, like I've already said to this people to people before, like I don't like GameStop. I don't like their business model. I don't like um, the way they operate. I don't like the experiences that I've had at local ones. Despite having a hundred good ones, Mm -hmm. the hundred good experiences outweigh like the five bad ones I've had. It's just annoying. Now, so here's something that I I don't think we mentioned last week, even though I'm pretty sure it was news last week. GameStop and Microsoft have teamed up to for a deal. I don't care. Now, the only reason I bring that up is that it actually brings in something to what we're talking about just right now for that split second. And that, if I'm not mistaken, mistaken, when you were reading into it, GameStop gets a share of every digital purchase. Well, you know what's crazy? I think. I think I could be wrong on that. That's why I'm trying to look real quick. It's crazy that that a company one generation will say I won't support this console decision, especially that it was directed towards Xbox. Now they have a deal. Okay, yeah, I was right. Look, so just because of how crazy it is in this, the way it's going to work, and this is a quote from Loop Capital analyst Anthony Trincumbla. I, I could be saying that name completely wrong, but he says. The way it's going to work for is for every Microsoft Xbox console that GameStop sells going forward. So I'm assuming that means that the GameStop allotted systems are going to have something internally that lets you know their GameStop systems. Could be wrong. Um, GameStop will get some percentage of the revenue from every digital full game download, DLC, microtransaction, and any subscriptions as well. That's sad. Yeah. The remaining question is how big of a revenue share GameStop will pick up from the Xbox consoles it sells and whether it truly is all consoles or just deals associated with all access specifically. That could spell the difference between this being a nice bonus in return for using more Microsoft products on its business side or, or an all-new business approach. For GameStop an ads on your dashboard. Oh, no. Please, no. <laughs> But the thing is, is that we've seen ads across the dashboard on both systems this generation. I, I do feel like... And it may just be because I'm hardly ever on it, so I notice it more. But almost every time I open my Xbox, there's an ad. Okay. Is there something broken with the PS4's ability to put selected content on my dashboard? 
I have it unchecked where it says check this or whatever if you want selected material, marketing material for you to appear. I have that unchecked. Mm-hmm. I still get the monthly PS Now things that go on there. And I have PS Now. So why are you advertising PS Now to a user? I get that. I get the 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 whatever. Every time there's a sale of some kind, like a name to sale, I get that on there. It pieces a, a me name off. to sell. Yeah, like oh, you mean like spring oh, name, 2020 yes, or yeah. something? See, I don't mind that as much. The oh, only I do. thing I get on don't wrong. I mean, I still wish you could have it off completely, but it makes more sense to me that someone like PlayStation or Microsoft would be promoting their own things Even within then. there. On their dashboard, at least because it's within the ecosystem. But I've, there's been times across multiple Xbox ones, as that, ones that I've owned, where I've seen pr- uh, promote whatever you want to call them ads for things that have nothing to do with specifically Microsoft. See, uh, well, and that's yeah, a bigger you get issue. Like two, you got like two K sixteen. Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't play two yeah. K, so that's clearly an ad that they're just trying to target at everyone. Which I don't like that. We'll talk about that here in a little bit too, because yeah. there's something that is on the PlayStation UI that I am not a big fan of. Um, it's very small, mm-hmm. but it's when you're on the store tab and it shows you deals and stuff down there. I don't want to see that. Like I feel like that that should just be kept in the store. Like I don't want to preview that on my dashboard. I feel like that just makes it cloggy. Okay, I mean, fair enough. Because like, there's a, there's a, there's a when it in the video when they go to the PS Store icon, you can see at the bottom it says like PlayStation Plus collections. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's like all it's NBA, a very bottom Q, of the screen. Yeah, yeah. It was. It I was, like that. There's a huge space between those two things. Though. That's what I don't like. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like how because the UI. Well, we'll the, talk about the UI. Yeah, in yeah. A bit. Well, just to close this out <laughs> yeah. though, UI is very clean. I like the. I like how small the icons are in conjunction with your background, but I think that's what takes it away. Okay, well, we'll definitely talk about that in a minute. Uh, but moving along, that's just an interesting deal, and it's something I thought of. But we've got to move on into our community stake. And this week, we kind of have two de facto ones. One's essentially just real quick, and I thought it was a fun question, so I went ahead and gave it to, around to everyone. Um, one of our listeners, Mr. Josh Drago, said, A fun Friday community question. If Triangle, Square had a, if Triangle Squared had a sponsor, what would it be? Please write sponsor by blank. Example, sponsored by Pornhub. Like hot gamers, MILFs or GILFs? Watch Pornhub or sign up for premium. Get hard. <laughs> but... I shared that across everything, and uh, we got some fun ones back. So I'm going to grab the ones off of Facebook, which where the thing was originally posted, and we have the most answers. Uh, Josh Farmier, Farmier, who knows? I'm, pr- I'm saying it probably wrong, but sponsored by Viagra for those long, hard gaming sessions. I don't want high blood pressure. <laughs> I'm only going to choose a couple because I just think they're fun. Uh this one is also funny. Josh Hoop, sponsored by Bungie because we know Saul Bridges will always come back to Destiny 2, given time. That's true. Yep, and it, you were just talking about it. That's true. Oh, let me see. Someone posted one that made me laugh because it was just, and you've already said it, is the more funny part since we've been talking. Um, it huh? was It was in relation to From Software, I want to say. I couldn't find it on Discord. I don't know where it's at in Discord. I put it in community stake discussion. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Did you? Discussion, yeah. Oh, I didn't want to clog it up, yeah. Oh, uh, this one's funny. Josh Ayers over in Discord says, sponsored by Dollar Shave Club, responsible for Saul's new face. Boy, it always kills me whenever I see like a Dollar Shave Club sponsor and it's somebody with a beard. Yeah. Like, are there other cleaning items that 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 good? Probably not, but you're making bukus of money for the ad. So, hey, Dollar Shave Club, sponsor us. I'll shave on live stream with one of your 
razors. I was going to say heavy-handed safety razors, whatever they're called. But yeah, just <laughs> this one's good, just because it, it it says EA podcast. You should be listening. <laughs> EA podcast. Should oh. be listening. Also, someone uh, confirmed. I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it may have been Josh That's confirming possible. to me. Uh, it's going to kill me. I'll have to look it up to be sure about this. But, oh, it was EA Sports. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. He said he was playing, and uh, it still does it. We had mentioned it a while back. I don't play sports games, so I don't pay attention to it. But I was saying I hope that that's not gone. Let's see. I'm going to try and get at least one more on here because it was – oh, yeah, it was Donovan. He says, maybe from software due to how many times Saul's promised less plays. And you've already talked about it again. This well, episode. first of all, I've only ever promised one that didn't happen. And that was a total freak accident of my PS5 or PS4 or, and or my, gra- my graphics card. And I figured out my microphone problem. All I do is update my drivers on mm-hmm. that. So now my microphone works. Um, Good. So, yeah, maybe during my vacations I'm taking soon. I don't know. All right. I have to say this one just because what the hell is it? Sponsored by the Dorito Pope is what Jeff Schrock put in the Facebook group. And I'm pretty sure it's a picture of Jeff, Jeff Keeley with. It is. He's the Dorito Pope. People what, started making fun of that. I think being in relation to the Game Awards. Because like of all the ads. Yeah. Because like, he's, he's, a, he's a gamer that drinks Mountain Dew and eats Doritos. <laughs> Wasn't there like a year or two ago the whole Game Awards were sponsored by like Schick and they had like a shit quattro guy fighting in mortal Kombat. it was so weird i don't remember that at it was all. so weird it was just one of those things where it's like someone who probably has nothing to do with gaming is like you know what we should do we should be in putting uh, we should be putting our products into gaming because gamers have to do these things too so you know what's really weird is when you have the opposite of that is and that's where you have people who are not interested in gaming but they try to put their products into it what's well, what i was just talking about well, it's, it's, well, i think it's, i said it words okay weird. well I, I was gonna say there's a there's a youtube channel i watch called austin flippers i think and uh-huh. it's like this couple that goes or they're not really a couple but it's like this guy or girl who goes around austin Texas and they like find these houses and they show you like how like these dude they bought a five thousand dollar house once that should tell you how bad there's like a there's like a hole in the floor that led to like the ground and like they, led, to, led to China all the way to China almost um that, and they'll renovate them and then they'll, they'll they'll break down at the end of the episode like what they renovated like what was their total cost and how much they are planning on selling it for and then all the closing costs and stuff like that well they have an they have a sponsorship that's a game where you like renovate your own home i'm like was this game made specifically for them because this is really weird like really niche like who 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 has a mobile game that wants to renovate a home that does like challenge style events that happen through it it's super weird um there was one uh, one thing that happened on Twitter between Gideon and I where we were talking about... I like that one. It was... I don't know how much of it you read, but it All was essentially it. talking about Microsoft's systems of what they talk about as being real, like, acceptable trash talk and then non-acceptable trash talk. And it felt so much like that. It felt like when you watch, like, infomercials and it's someone doing something and it's almost too on the nose and too or over exaggerated. Yeah, and one of them like I wish I had the whole list in front of me. I, and that's why I was trying to find cuz the entire list was just hilarious. I was reading them all off, but it was one of them was uh get wrecked kid, you got that's some serious like that's potato aim or whatever. It's not even get wrecked, it was like get destroyed. Uh it was 
it felt like people just saying ridiculous, ridiculous things. Here, I found it. I found it because it just made me laugh so hard. I have to. Acceptable trash talk includes get destroyed. Can't believe you thought you were on my level. That was some serious potato aim. Get wrecked. Only reason you went positive is you spent the whole all game camping. Try again, kid. Keep win. Come at me when you can actually drive without running cars off the road. That sucked. Get good and then come back when your KD's over one. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember like where they had that thing called like um, gamer bully? No, it was. <laughs> I, a, I don't it was that. so short lived because it was a failure of a mess. But it was like the appeal to it was for girls who play online who get harassed can hire a bully to go into the game and beat up the other guy that's harassing the girl. And it was like specifically aimed for Counter-Strike. Where like if, if you're getting trash talked in a Counter-Strike game, you could go hire somebody who's really good at Counter-Strike to come in and boost you through and then you could trash talk back. First of all, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> Second of all, it doesn't you can't play Counter-Strike like that. You can't you can't invite people in that kind of fashion that they were advertising you could. Third of all, it was sponsored at one point by Steel Series, and Steel Series saw how big of a mess it was, so they backed out. But they have like a like a commercial or like an ad that is like the for this service. It's bad. So here's my big question: What is that? What was that called? Have you heard of Potato Aim before today? Yes. What that's is a, it? That's a PC. Uh, that's a PC thing. I don't know what it means, but I I specifically there was a game a long time ago, like twenty years ago called uh, oh, War Rock. And it was a first-person shooter on PC. And it was free. And there was no weird gimmicks. It was just a free first-person shooter game. And you'd get called Potato Aim a lot in that game. Like, for whatever reason. I've never heard that. <laughs> Apparently, I'm uncultured. I just thought it was weird. Bully Hunters. What's weird is that Potato Aim almost offends me. Or at least if someone said it to me, I'd feel more offended than any of the other stuff on this list I saw. They took the video off of YouTube. Is that bad, huh? But that just, it felt like things that you'd see people saying like, you know, like in Degrassi when there's like a bully randomly and it's just like, we're going to say something bully about Edgy. it. <laughs> yeah, it just was weird. Uh, anyway, going into the real community stake that we had from last week, it was simple. It was new console generations bring a lot of new features, but often leave others by the wayside. What is your favorite PS4 feature that you hope carries over to the PS5? Um, we got some good ones. Uh, over in the Discord, Mr. Shafedog247, one of our patrons, he said, The features I like the most are considered typically very niche. Both PS4 and Xbox One offered facial recognition and voice control to an extent. As someone that has methodically shifted towards a smart home over the years, despite my wifey pointing out my level of dumbassedness on the regular, I appreciate being able to hands-free. I just like reading the word dumbassedness altogether. Uh, I appreciate being able to be hands-free for a lot of basic things like lights, TV, thermostat, etc. I like telling Alexa to turn on my TV and tune to ESPN when I get home from work. It's convenient to do and while washing hands and making dinner. Plus, I don't have to worry about losing the remote again. <laughs> so it would be nice if voice, voice recognition stays and improves. I do like that someone had a niche answer. I don't think that's going to be a common one. No, and I, I think that voice recognition could work out really, really well now that the microphone is in the controller. Mm-hmm. Because the only time I've ever used voice recognition is when I accidentally trigger it while my headset's plugged in, and I still to this day don't know how to actually trigger it. Or two, when you're on the home menu. Okay, yeah. so that explains it. Because setting up controller and hitting a trigger. 
And see, and I think that that's kind of the problem, right? Is that at least on PlayStation side, with the Connect, it was like a hey trigger word. Yeah. And on PlayStation, they were more like, well, we're going to make you hit a button to use it. But hitting the button to use it automatically makes it pointless because you're having to interact with the remote before you can just say what you want to yeah, say. Yeah, so like if they had like, hey, Sonia, or, or Sonia. Oh, Sonia. There you go. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Sonia. Um, you know, and it works, then I'll be happy. I like, I use voice command a lot for like, I'm not going to say the trigger word for Apple, but the trigger you know word what? for Apple. I could be wrong. I think that you can do that, but I think you actually might be able to say something PlayStation. You can. You can say, hey, PlayStation. But you still have to hit R2. I think. I don't remember. See, it's not something I use, and that's why I, I like that he, he he brings up the fact that it is niche. And I think it's more niche on PlayStation because it wasn't such a touted feature. Yeah, because it it'll tell you, like, you can say, and then it'll have you give examples, like, mm-hmm. make a screenshot or something. But um, El Jehudi hits us with a loaded one. I like this one. The most important feature, great games, period. I don't foresee that changing anytime soon. That is the most important feature. And this comes into a conversation that we're going to eventually get into in earnest during the discussion about the UI. But the UI talk that's been happening ends up being a weird thing too because features and all these different things that tie into them are typically looked at from like, you know, the UI is where a lot of these features are brought to head. And if legitimately the only thing you care about is the games, UI ultimately, unless it's just literally terrible, UI ultimately doesn't matter to a select group of people. Well, okay, I was going to say, because you added that addendum there. I was going to say, I think UI is where it becomes appreciated. The oh, most yes, I, are, I agree. When you are playing those said games. Yeah, but I think it's just one of those things where some people look at features and they're like, well, what's the one feature I want to come over? And you don't even think about anything other than, you know, I'm not worried about features coming over. When you get asked a question, you're like, I just want to keep playing good games. If they can make good games and I don't, it's not actively harder for me to get into them, then that's all I want. You know, that's just one of those interesting things where some people care about feature set stuff, and then some people are like, the only feature that matters about the box is the entire reason I bought it, which is to be a games box. Some people like the aspect of added elements on top, and that's why you get into that weird thing of like, even though PS3 could do a lot uh, that the Xbox One ended up being able to do, and then that even some more, because PlayStation was never like, hey, this is why you should buy this. Ultimately, for people that didn't care and just wanted to play games, it didn't matter. But then since Xbox One was like, well, you buy our console because you're going to use all this UI. And they're like, I just want to play games. Why are you doing this to me? Yeah. It's, again, it's not everyone. And I think that the Xbox One is a little more exaggerated because when someone comes out and uses that as their primary form of showcasing you the console, you do start to worry. Or is it going to be harder to play games because you want me to sift through all this other stuff that you also want me to do? True. I think that's I think, why more people had that feeling of like, I just want to play games. Stop talking about football and TV and all this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no fate says a good one. He says remote, uh, remote slash share play, especially on the Vita, which. So I queue up the, the funeral March soundtrack because that's not going to happen. You know, when they said they fully stopped supporting it, I'm pretty sure they, they meant going with that too. And I, I mentioned this months back, right? that the problem with remote play on Vita is that this will inherently require them to still bake the chip in to the SOC, which I think did happen because of the fact that we saw the PC and mobile app get updated for those for specifically remote play. Um, no, yeah, remote play is still going to stay. But, but the, the thing Vita. about the Vita is that 
the extra step that I don't know that I'll see them do is that they have to, in this particular update situation, update the system software. They only have to update the remote play app on Vita. They would have to update the system software, though, to support the update on the remote play app, wouldn't they? No, they wouldn't. To, have to. To, for new technology? No, I mean, it's not new technology. It's the same technology that powered PS4. The the Everything gets streamed and handled on the, the console side. The Vita just acts as the. Well, I would imagine medium. that the PS5 has a better chip in it that streams better. Yeah, but all it is is, I mean, the the all that the app is trying to do is it's set up as a code to connect, c- connect, and then read that data. That right. doesn't happen on the system side of the Vita, so it doesn't have to be worried about it. I mean, you you totally could, and I think that the Vita actually may have a chip that helps it decode that information quicker. But that was also when you had slower internet and you were trying to deal with that. I'm pretty sure at this point, as long as you're on Wi-Fi. You'd be golden. Well, at this point, too, Sony is not updating anything on the Vita. Like they're they are one hundred percent done with the Vita. If, yeah, but that's that's it. A, does seem like it's not too much of a crazy ask to ask the people that still do love the Vita, and there is still a no, wide thing around. Yes, it, it is because just to say no. Because, hey, all you need to do is update one app. I'm how, not saying they will. How many, I don't think they listen, will. Listen, Sony is a plane flying over Vita Island with an SOS signal, and they're leaving them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, sorry, Vita Island. If I, had, I don't see the only reason I, I say one, not I completely with y'all. is like I at least appreciate you know there was a speaking of Gideon there was a uh, earlier there was a thing where I kind of this is it, no fate. I accidentally oh I know but I'm okay. saying I'm earlier sure we were talking about like I did <laughs> I don't <laughs> but talking about Gideon earlier one of the other things that uh, one of our interactions throughout the last week or two was in relation to Sony pulling all of the games from the PS4 and PS5 store that weren't for PS4 and PS5. So that was PS3, PSP, PS Vita. Right. Uh, And a lot of people, the way that it was kind of announced was poorly worded, but there was eventually a sentence in there that clarified that those games are being pulled from the majority of stores, but the stores that are still on their systems will still show. So PSP, Actually, it doesn't show on PSP because the PSP store got killed because it was just a it, hard to update, and I get that. Uh, so instead, the way that you get PSP games is a way that's been forever. You can download them from the PS3 store, yeah. and then you plug your PSP in and then transfer them to the PSP. Right, or if you're on the Vita, then they are then you are emulating the PS3 store in a way, aren't you? Or not emulating, but you are using the server of the PS3 store, right? Uh, yes, I think so. The Vita, the Vita store is a little still, different. There's that, PSP games on the Vita store. Yeah. yeah. So when you look at all that, it's like... You can still buy games for those systems, at least on the respective systems or another system. So it's, they're not completely leaving them behind. Well, and, and I don't think it was boarded but, poorly. I, p- I think that was all intentional. I think people wanted to, other people to think that's how it was working or that if you had, if you wanted to buy these games digitally, you just couldn't anymore. I think it was an official statement from Sony, though, and that's why it was poor wording. And, oh, it, was and it? then the final sentence was, you can buy them on their respective stores. But it was like, here's all the information, and then you suddenly put that on like the closing sentence. It was very weird. See, um, a lot of websites used uh, that as clickbait in a way, too, like where they said, like, you can't download certainly. PS3, PS Vita, PSP games anymore. It was like, well, you can't download them from a web browser, but if you have those consoles, which yes. is why you would be downloading them, yeah. then you. You're, then you're still good. Yeah, exactly. It's not a who, huge deal. I wonder even the reason they closed that thing down is because nobody used it. Who uses the web browser to download those games? Oh, um, it I couldn't mean, have been. A, nobody uh, uses it to download the games. The only thing that it's like every now and then when I'm at work and I think of something like it'd be pretty easy for me to just go to PlayStation Store on the web browser and buy the game and be done. Yeah, but it has to be a small percentage yeah. for that. Oh, I'm sure it's pretty small. And even then, you got to think, you know. From the mobile app, most of the reason that people use the mobile app is just for ease of use and the ability to go ahead and tell your system to play the game or download the game. Rather. Yeah. So since PlayStation 3 doesn't support that functionality, nor does Vita, nor does PSP, it doesn't really 
have a huge impact that you can't do that from the mobile app because you never could. But, I mean, the only downside of that while we're on that particular topic, and then we'll go back to a couple more of these, is it's something that I think is probably going to... I hope it doesn't happen with PS4, but the PS3, whenever the PS4 was coming, they decided to take a system that was infamous for the fact that it did not have unified RAM so that when you weren't in a game, it could use the other. And they decided to take a system that only had 256 megs of RAM for all the UI stuff and say, we're going to take the store that works perfectly well and we're going to oh, yeah. update it right ahead of the PS4 so that it looks and runs like the PlayStation 4 and one. it ran so bad. But it was so slow because it was so visually oriented because I get it. It looks slick. But when it takes 18 hours to load on your PS3, that does not work well. I, I know, again, they never do this, but what they should have done for PS3 was left the store alone. <laughs> the store ran the best on PS3 from the first iteration where everything was like bubbles yeah. and like, you know, little things. And then when they started trying to make it visually impressive, it's like this system is not designed to handle this. No. Stop. But yeah, that's the only downside you run into. So a couple more over here. We have uh, Rob Pitt who says. Folders, day one. So if you, I, I hope that you can actually delete stuff off of your crossbar. Oh, yeah. Because I have a Sony folder because 90% of those apps, like Playroom and crap like that, you can't delete. Yeah, but, but they just end up eventually going off if you don't touch them. That's, well, see, that that's, still doesn't, that's not a good solution. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Every you. now and then, though, like in that Sony folder, my gallery's in there. I want to go so somebody a screenshot. Well, now that folder that has Playroom and Gallery is now all the way up at the front now. So yeah. now I have to wait until I play 20 more games so it goes away. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, a lot of what we're talking about right now is actually going to play into a little bit of the UI talk. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Um, this is an interesting one. So over on Facebook, Josh Drago says, listening to Spotify while playing games. I've not heard much about it. Um, I would assume it'd stay. But I assume it stays as well. That, that's a partnership thing. Yeah. So like that's, that probably, unless their partnership is expired, that, that should stay. Because I do, I do use that when I'm playing Destiny every now and then. That's a really cool feature. Yeah. Uh, Derek Porter says, the ability to have a primary system and still be able to log into another one. Reason? None of your business. Yeah. That, I don't, Derek, I don't know if you know this or not, but they have announced. They gave, they gave like their official view on that. And that is that they really don't care. Just make sure that you are giving information of yours to people you trust because they are not responsible if, if, they, if you get hacked because of this. Yeah, so essentially it was like a clarification of if someone that you give your information to ends up utilizing your credit card stuff when you told them not to or because you left it on there or whatever That's, it may be. They have nothing And then to do you with try that. to go back and say, hey, can we kill this transaction because I didn't improve it, then – that's not on you, and I think that it even gives them grounds to ban you because you're putting them in a position you, to where if you open that's what that's what it was. I forgot about that part. If you try to open up a support ticket on a on your account for a game purchase on somebody else's console using your account, they can uh, permanently ban you um, because of that. Because it's not exactly against their TOS, but you're admitting that you got trapped for doing something that is against their TOS, kind of thing. Yeah, like you're you're admitting you ex, you you exploited something, and now you're trying to get them to fix a problem that you created. So it's like they'll just they, what they'll do is they'll ban you. Which I don't know, like if that's the, like the full extent of that ban because I it's that can't be it won't be an IP ban. It might be. Do they even do temporary bans? I don't know. Like, I don't think like so. two month bans or something. I don't know then. But yeah, like there is a, there is a way there. Like you can really mess yourself up. But once again, if you're doing it with somebody you trust, you have no issues. Yeah. That's true. And the thing about bands that are really weird and about digital content 
is that digital content is even more scary because, and I don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that maybe they don't deserve it and they didn't bring it on themselves, but people change and eventually you can get to a point where someone gets banned for something that they did that was stupid in the moment and maybe they deserved it to an extent. But when all that you own is digital, every single purchase you have goes with that ban. Well, you, it makes those things. It makes a ban a lot worse than just what you lose. Well, I lost friends list. I lost trophies. If it's lost, offline you know, games, it doesn't matter. You just lost your ability to play a Call of Duty. Well, if you're, I mean, it depends. Because it doesn't take those licenses away. Well, it, it, I, if you're banned from the PSN, as far as I understand it, you're not supposed to be able to go back to the PSN to, you can't I think log you can in still at all. log in. So you can't see, I mean, I could be wrong. And if I am, please tell well, me. Some, but some, I know that there was someone who was wrongfully banned and had to go through Sony because he couldn't play any of his games, couldn't find his purchases or anything. Uh, and it was during the events of this show, like during the uh, lifespan of the show. That happened with... Uh, and he had to call on the, the way that they had or to... Or the name. The name, because his, his, he was banned for his name. And he because, had the name for like eight years. Yeah. Prior. Um, but somebody yes. else pointed out in the same tweet that they announced this all in, because this was all done on Twitter, on, on PlayStation's Twitter, um... Somebody said, "Well, if if I get banned for this, I'll just create I'll create a brand new PSN, give it PS Plus, and then I will game share with my band account to get my games back." <laughs> so I was like, "That's clever, because if it works, it works." Like, I mean, I mean, in reality, it's just you lost all your trophies at that at that point. There, that's all that yeah, happened. Really, something like a normal ban is that, but I think, Which, and that's the problem of bans for certain reasons that get into situations of like if something's socially acceptable at one point versus another. Which Sony's. Sony's in a better position because the problem they had before is if someone makes an account and you can't, you offer no avenue to change their name and they make an account with something that is maybe mildly offensive or something when it was Especially created. in one area of the world where it's not offensive anywhere else and they get banned because that one area of the world, well... Exactly. There's a lot of things that come up and offering that, no ability... I want to say a guy's name was like Captain Jizz or something. But it was something crazy. In his language, and like I think he was Hebrew, and in his language it was like Captain Honor. And then they got, he got banned I don't for remember it. that. I, regardless it, of whether it, it was that. It was a parallel like that, though. Yeah, regardless of whether what it was, if you make something because it's, it's societally aware at the time, and then eight years later that's no longer a thing that society likes, it's so weird to have the potential for a ban on that. Um but I'm glad that they're closer to a point where those things can't happen as bad. But, I mean, it is what it is. Here we go. Here, here it is right here. Because we, uh, we definitely talked about it in the very, yeah, very... Yeah, I remember. Early days. I'm trying to... Oh, King Mada Faka. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> and he, he's like, it's a stupid username, but I had that account for 12 years, and it got banned. It's like so. Somebody just decided to report him. And see, that's what I say. Like, you made a... Say, say, you, say you're 12 when you make that, right? And it's kind of like when people just say, uh, what was it, the I'm so fucking retarded, whatever the hell it was when you were a kid. It was always the play on words. So when you go through all that, say you may, you have that, some joke from your childhood, you make a thing because you're being an edgy teen, and then suddenly you're no longer 12, you're 24, and you get banned for a thing that you did when you were 12. <laughs> the ultimate cancel. But, yeah, interesting situation. So, that- oh, so there is no permanent bans on PlayStation. It's only 100 day bans, and when you do, you don't you you do lose all content that you own that you bought digitally, but you get it back in 100 days because nothing is permanently banned. Interesting. Yeah. 
But I wonder if those are followed with criteria. Like if you were banned because you have a name that violates the rules, now that name changes are a thing, does it come with your ban will be lifted in 100 days as long as your name has been updated and changed? Now they can say that. They couldn't say it back then, though. Yeah, back then they surely couldn't. And also, is that information based off of back when that ban happened, or is that based off of new information? Yeah. Now, have, have they switched to permanent bans now? I don't know. I don't. Well, and that's what I was going to say. In this instance here, this is for rude or vulgar material, which is 90% or why you'd get banned. The other 10%, having like a hacked console or something, that's probably a permanent ban. Yeah, but rude or vulgar, does that account for offensive... Yes, like, I think it's all. Does that in, account for I bigotry? Think, I mean, I think, I'm not saying that. Those I people think it's. Should... I think it's all in your behavior. I think anything involving behavior is a hundred days. But if you do piracy, hacked console, something like that, it's life. Interesting. That's what was just alluded to me, at least. Interesting. Okay. Well, going to go ahead and head into the news. So thank you everyone for the, being part of the community stake. Thank you. Thank the you. The news this week. Let me mute my laptop so you don't hear crap uh first thing comes up is currently it's just a rumor based off of a listing some think that demon souls remake might be coming to ps4 due to a singular listing from a hungarian retailer uh these things happen fairly often and and the re- these listings are just flat out wrong mm-hmm. but some people think that this could be because sony have neither confirmed nor denied i doubt but probably because it's not even on their radar completely though who knows uh so while this could be yet another cross-gen game, I don't think so. I think this is more than likely a listing and error, but time will certainly tell because the listing also showed that the game released on PS4 the same day as the PS5 one. So, yeah, if, Which is weird. If we didn't know about that by now, I think Sony would face a lot more flack for that, let alone the fact that they were also going to receive flack for having no exclusives yet again. Well, also you know. think about it that like... They showed, wow, our camera just is, is doing something real weird with focusing. Yeah, that I just had a stroke because it looked real blurry for a second. Um, Probably did something with focusing. Who knows? But um, Sony kind of did that in a way where like they announced Final Fantasy VII Remake. Well, that series is going into PS5. And I, I guarantee you that announcement made people buy PS4s. Which in reality, they get to play like one-sixth of the game, one-fifth of the game. We don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, we don't. <laughs> it would have been the first time that's happened, though, like mm, deep down. <laughs> where, where are the, who, who, bought deep, who bought a PS4 for deep down, and where are you at? Because your PS4 is probably a game exchange. I always say you should not buy a console for a game until there is at least a release date. And that can still change. I say don't buy it until it's out and reviewed. I mean, that's even better. That's probably where you really should go. But seeing people, and I get it, right? Being hyped is one thing. But seeing people be like, they announced Final Fantasy XIII Versus for PS3, and it's just a trailer. No gameplay, no nothing. Just an idea of what it looks like. I bought a PS3. Go one step farther back. Final Fantasy. Oh, you did say Final Fantasy XIII Versus. I'm sitting here thinking Final Fantasy XIII. Yeah. I was going to use 13 verses. Yeah. So that's what I mean. One step back in my brain is what I need to do. Okay. It's like, okay, another game that at least eventually ended up coming out on a completely different console, but the last guardian, I love that game to death. Oh yeah. That was announced as a PS3 game again Uh with just a quick trailer. It happens every single, it happens every single console. You know, I learned something about that the other day that I thought was really interesting. I was unaware of Hmm. when they first announced the last guardian and they had the thing, they had the trailer. It was technically running on PS3. But the way they went about getting it to go, because the game was still really early days and the PS3 probably couldn't handle the vision they had from what they were understanding. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why it didn't come out. The game was running at like 15 frames a second. And then, or no, it was less than that because the trailer was in 24 frames per second to make it look cinematic or whatever. The game was running at 12 frames per second and it was as max they could get it to go. 
and they had to at record point, the game. At that point, why are you doing all of this? At 12 frames per second and then double the speed to make it look at 24 frames per that's, second. That's illegal. <laughs> that has to be illegal. But is it? It's it, false it's, advertising, isn't it's it? It's not necessarily representative of a final product. That's the thing. And if you ever that's, look that's at why you That's why you never trust that in a trailer. When it says this every is not, time, you're like, this game looks like boo boo when it comes out. You never know, but it's just. I mean, look at Final Fantasy 13 versus when it came out. Yeah. You know, the, I even then, Sony didn't get any kind Where's of that? legal retaliation that I'm aware of for Killzone 2, which was which said was blatant, to be gameplay. Blatant. Yeah. And was 100% CGI. And apparently, none of the people at, at Gorilla even knew. Like, they built it as CGI. Nobody knew that Sony was, was going to say. Was it CGI or was it gameplay that wasn't on the console? No, it was CGI. Okay. It was I, 100% I've CGI. I've heard that it was CGI, but then I've heard it was it was created on a PC and played on a PC. Nope. Okay. 100% CGI. It was a target render for what they had anticipating for the game. Anytime, a, anytime I will give them credit. anybody ever uses that. I'm Did you ever play Killzone 2? Yes. We've talked about this before. I never beat it. Okay. The, what's the craziest part about that situation is at it hand? It wasn't super far off, but it's it was... how close they got. It was far off enough, though. It was. It didn't have that soft CGI look, but some things actually ended up looking better than the original render. I don't know about that. Well, it, it was... In the original render, it was because of creative choices that weren't. You know realistic. what that render looked like? Killzone Mercenaries. A little bit. That game looked good. Yeah, that game was good. I really like it. Good game. Um, anyway, let's see. In the same vein. Yes. Now, one thing that I wanted to say about that, oh. actually. Sorry. Uh, one of the things I wanted to say about that, because it, to me, this goes back to the question of, well, why did Sony make certain games cross-gen and other ones not? Right. And I think that sometimes you look at it and it's like, okay, the IP is too valuable to put on a brand new system because they can make way more money having it on any of the 120 million PlayStation 4s that are currently out there. Yeah. There's an argument for that, right? You look at the games that are cross gen. Sackboy, that's a kid friendly game. You don't want to isolate that to a market and it's just best to have it on everything anyway. Makes sense. Marvel Spider Man, one of the, the biggest PS4 game. And then you come through and say, all right, if we're making a follow-up to that, why would we leave it when so many people bought a PlayStation 4 for this and we can make so much more money off this partnership? Great. Okay, there's probably some licensing they're having to pay anyway. They want to make as much money as they can off of it. Horizon, another game that came out and sold 10 million units as a new IP. Yeah. Crazy. Doesn't happen every day. Then you have Demon Souls. Demon's Souls is a remake of a super niche, the most niche game in the Souls games. Kingsfield. If it was an actual Souls game. <laughs> but it's the most niche of them all. It's still, even if you look at the best ones of them, ultimately that's a niche genre and a niche series in comparison to Horizon and these games that have sold singular games with you know yeah. tens of millions. They're still really impressive numbers. The third thing that I think comes into here, basically what I'm saying is that Sony has all of the reason in the world to actually keep this game PS5 exclusive because they're not really losing out on much. It is a reason for certain hardcore fans of a niche series to go so, and buy this console. And the other thing is that Bluepoint made it. It's not a full game make, so you don't have to worry about them making story and combat. Here, here's, and Bluepoint is in a place where they're a small team and they're in a in an area of Texas that is very cheap to develop for. Here's my thing, though, is that with me, I'm not getting a PS5 on launch unless that literally changes somehow. And I don't think it will. I'm not optimistic for that. But now, What changes? I'm sorry. Me getting a PS5 oh, uh, yes, pre-order. Yes, gotcha. But if they launch Demon's Souls on PS4 day one, I'm going to buy it twice and because those games are meant to be played 500 times. 
So I'm going to play it on PS4 and then immediately play it on PS5 and see what the upgrades are like while I'm playing a different build or playing it again to get the Platinum or whatever I'm doing. Yeah. So if they would announce it, either way, just say we have no plans to bring Demon's Souls to PS4. Yeah, sure. Or we have no plans to bring Demon's Souls to PS4 right now because then at least we know it could come, but not at launch. Or just announce it because like as of right now, that's that's a day one purchase for me, no matter where I am. If yeah. I have a PS4 or PS5, I'm buying that, and I'm not alone in that. If yeah. Josh Ayers didn't have it reserved, he'd probably do the same. Yeah, no, let I, me know, I understand. Let me, let me know if you agree with that, Josh. Yeah. I'm curious, because I think, I, I would think you would. But yeah. then again, you, that's 100, and it would be 120, be like, uh, this is not no complicated, 130, because 70, 60. Yeah. And ultimately, my thing there, though, is that of the games that we know about, the one that makes the most sense to leave as a PS5 exclusive, because you don't have to think about all the systems you're leaving behind, is Demon's Souls. It's the perfect fit for early days to make it 100% exclusive and not feel like you just paid a ton to develop it. The development cost on the remakes, all of them so far, have been very modest. I think Cyberpunk should be a console next-gen exclusive. Never was going to happen. No, but I Never. think it should be. Never, ever was going to happen. Uh, I honestly could not believe that The Witcher 3 was a next-gen only game coming so close to when the next-gen happened. I'm also surprised at how Thief worked. I'm just trying to see about the focusing. I don't know. It could be because of the lighting being a little different in here with all the spooky dark lights. But either way, sorry if it looks visually weird occasionally. But yeah, um, yeah no, Thief, I don't know. Thief is weird. It didn't sell very well either. No. But when you look at all those things, it makes sense to leave certain games exclusive because it, you want to do a risk versus a reward. It's a yeah. pretty low risk to keep it exclusive and the reward's potentially high. If you get people, if you show it, it looks amazing and people go, I want a PS5 for that. Which clearly has seemed to be the case. I've heard a lot of people and seen a lot of online banter of people saying, I've never played a Souls game, but I'm buying this day one. Go and play Bloodborne before that. Dark Souls 3. Play it in this order. Play Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3, Dark Souls 1, and then go play Dark Souls 2. That's the order, that's the order of importance, and you can switch around Bloodborne or Dark Souls 3. But honestly, play Bloodborne first, because then you're used to fast combat, so you'll be used to Dark Souls 3, which I think is inherently harder than Bloodborne is. If you're going to play those games leading up to Demon's Souls, then yes, I definitely think you should play them where you play the faster ones first and then the slower ones. It's also my my canonical. Canonical. I can't speak again today. Why? Canonical. Canonical. Toucan Sand Canonical. Um, It's my canonical head, head, head cannon. It's my head canon that that's the order of how they started. <laughs> We've talked about this before. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's an interesting idea too. All right. Let's, next thing up on the list though <laughs> is Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Hinting at a remaster of the trilogy has been rated in Korea, meaning that an announcement is likely close. Um, it only took the entire generation of people wanting this for it to finally apparently happen. I'm calling it now. The game is going to launch on November 7th. You think it's going to launch? I think it's going to launch. Stealth release? I think that they are going to stealth drop it because here's why. They're not going to do a full-on remaster of these games. They're just going to do a 1080p, 60 frames up, and fix some glitches. That's it. And, I don't, and I don't it's think being, anybody wants anything more And than it's that, being honestly. rated, which means it's somewhat close to release. Yep. And we are a month out from that in Korea alone, and who knows how long this has been going on that we don't know about. They're just going to stealth release, just like Metal Gear Solid games did, even though those are garbage ports. These could be garbage. I don't know. Another interesting one. Josh Shoup said that he's been playing those and that he's had zero problems out of those ports for Metal Gear Solid. Josh, let me know. Hit me up on Discord in a DM. And let me know 
how I'm trying to think on what boss it is. Let me know how Liquid Snake fights. Because I've heard that's the game breaking boss. So anyways. I don't know. Next thing up, this one's pretty interesting. And from here, it's all pretty much PlayStation news, which is good. Uh, but it's specifically PlayStation. So uh, not long ahead of the release of the PS5, a number of first-party PS4 releases have begun receiving patches out of nowhere, even titles that have been around for years, like God of War 3's remaster. Other titles that received updates are Astrobot Rescue Mission, Marvel Spider-Man, God of War from 2018, even VR titles like Blood and Truth, and there's more that have received them. The patch notes simply state bug fixes, but considering that so many of these titles have not been patched in years, some of them I think never. I don't think that there's ever been a patch for God of War 3 Remaster on the God of War 3 Remaster. Um, That's unusual. Which does have an issue, a visual issue I've replicated multiple times. Uh, it's a pretty small section, so I don't think it's a huge deal, but when the game is known for being gorgeous and you have a complete texture missing on certain rocks that are flying at you while you're using Icarus' wings to fly up this part, it's pretty bad looking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a lot of these games are receiving those. Take with that what you will, but there's a couple of things that come to my mind. These are patches that are being required for them to run as absolute best as possible on PS5's version you know, for supporting backwards compatibility. Um, that might be because these games are so specifically optimized for PlayStation 4 that when you're going into a state on the PS5 where it's a slightly different version of that, they need to be tweaked a little bit to still run correctly. The other thing, which I think is a little less likely, but I would love it, is that they are patching in unlocked frame rate modes and potentially even variable um, resolution modes so that these games can take better use of game boost and and show off enhanced backwards compatibility. That one's a little far out there, but I think it's work. far out there too, but it could work. And then lastly, this is I think the furthest one out there. Maybe, just maybe. They are being updated to be able to better work with some of the UI features of PS5 when it recognizes that they're being played on a PS5. I actually think that won't happen just because I don't think so either. Just because, like, if you remember back, like, there's icons that didn't even get updated on like PS Classics and stuff like that in UI in in the UI. Yeah, sure. So, oh, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't think so either. But it depends on what Sony wants to do with backwards compatibility and what their plans really are. Is this us starting to see them have some kind of an actual plan to, I shouldn't say retaliate, but what is their take on doing more with backwards compatibility? I mean, you know, they've yeah. already kind of seeded the ground of not including PS3, PS2, or PS1 when Microsoft is going all the way back to the start of their systems. Yeah. That's one thing. But... Microsoft's big push, too, is talking about the enhanced versions of backwards compatibility. Now, as little as I think that this is actually a likely chance, this does come into the UI discussion a little, but if you want to sell people on your UI ideas and your new things that you're coming out with, right? Normally, how do you do it? If you have new tech that has new features, you show it off, you show it off from first-party things that you're controlling. Now, there's yeah. not a lot of first-party games coming on day one. There's like four. And then you assume that PlayStation's been working very closely with the third-party releases to where hopefully things like Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs Legion and all these games are going to have uh, their PS5 versions will have the UI baked in for cards and all these things. But wouldn't it also be interesting if day one, a ton of your backlog of first-party titles have things like 
the card systems to say, hey, you haven't done this, and you're 33% in. Yeah, see, that's... I wonder how hard that would be to upgrade, uh, to update that on a progression level. Me too as well. So there's a, there's plenty of questions as to why it could or couldn't work, but we'll talk about UI here in a little bit. Uh, PS4 system software update 8.0 released this week, making changes to party and messages, avatars, and other feature tweaks that will be setting the stage of what to expect from PS5. The update initially brought huge problems with people's friends list and messages working as they should, as well as people just having general connectivity issues, but have since been fixed. Our controversial or one controversial bit from the update came from a notification on PS4 that mentions voice, char- uh, ve- voice chat recording, a feature that will be present on PS5 for users to record and report things from their chat groups. This feature is apparently not present on PS4, but it is mentioned so that cross-platform chat users are aware that when playing with PS5 users, even if they're on a PS4, they can be recorded and sent off to be listened back to and potentially have action taken against First them. First of all, for people who are mad about this, just know that there is no way legally the system won't have a notification to let you know you're being recorded. You can't... There's the wiretapping laws. So, like, in order to record somebody else, in some states you have to... Well, it's state-specific. That's, that's the only thing that's weird is what if you live in a state that doesn't require consent from the other party? Well, that's that's what I'm saying. It has to be an overall thing. And it, Like, I guarantee if me and you're in a party and I start to record you, it'll pop up saying, Meter and Miles is now recording this voice chat. It, it cannot not do that. Because they're not going to go state-by-state basis and figure out what wiretapping laws there are. So that they're Probably. Not, so so it, it'd be a blanket safety. It'll be a blanket safety. And not even that, but it's like, I mean, like, you could do this on Discord. Oh, you can do this in any way that you really choose. Yeah, you could you could have it so that whenever you're talking to me, I could have you coming on my TV speakers and recorded on my phone. This isn't something, like, this is now just being baked in the UI, sure, but, like... And it means that Sony is going to hire people specifically for this. I don't Whereas think... before, or I shouldn't say that, but the people that they hire for these things right now are going to be specifically trained for this. Whereas if I think I recorded you from my capture card and then emailed Sony and sent it in and said, hey, this is what someone said to me, because it's a, now it's being baked in, they can see who said what, who exactly was in the party, make sure there's no changes being made to the imagery or anything like that, and then going forward with something. Um, I think the big thing that happened here is a lot of people took this initially, and I don't get me wrong, I know that there's a, I, I am hesitant to say conspiracy theorist, but there is a idea that comes from this that I understand what people are landing on. But the big thing is that a lot of people took this initially as Sony will be constantly monitoring chat. And if they hear you say something, they will ban you. People did not realize that this was something where users themselves choose to start the recording to send in. It apparently can record up to five minutes and then one minute before and one minute after. It's, it's one of those, it's one of those weird things too, like where they just weren't clear on it. Something again. And they've actually come out and said that their wording was very poor. This is like the third time they've said their wording. This has been really, Really bad on their part lately. And again, whether this is growing pains from a global standpoint or what, it does not look good for them. Um, so all those things coming together. The thing I understand is that a lot of people either view this as initially they heard it and only have thought of it as 100% PlayStation is monitoring and they are being upfront about it, which is not the case. Then you have the people who are on the complete opposite side who are saying this is only Sony listening whenever you send something in. And then you have the other people that are going, now that they have the option to record you, which realistically they've always had. If they wanted to do it and not tell somebody and hide from the legality aspects of it, they've always been able to do this if they want to. And my go-to thing with this, but especially... People view it as a slippery slope thing. You know, well, now, that they've, now, that they, now that they can, they can also do it in the background is what people are thinking about. Even then, though... 
my thing with this is that no matter where you are in the world, mm-hmm. somebody, if you're around somebody else, is 10 feet away with this in their pocket. Do you really think this stuff doesn't record you when you're not thinking about it? Because it definitely does. This is the world's best spy tool ever created. Yeah. Now where the, and, and actually, the terms of service specifically tell you that they're doing these I, things. I am That's all, why these things are all free. I'm all for privacy, and I'm all for trying your best to keeping the privacy, but there's things you can't overcome. Like, I don't have Facebook, mainly because, A, Facebook is definitely the worst when it comes to this. Yeah. B, they sell your data like crazy. Yep. And C... I will try my best to find the companies that do this and get rid of them. I won't Facebook, Instagram, stuff like that. I'm sure Twitter does it to an extent. Google. Uh, Google. Um, are the world's worst. The one thing that I like about any service that is free. Pretty much, yeah. But like that, the you're paying with your data. You're telling them information that they can sell to an advertiser. One thing that I like about Apple is how transparent they are. Supposedly. That they are with your data, and that's like you. When, when we don't record you, we don't have this microphone on hot when or random times. They have a notification for when it does, which could be a fake notification. Who knows, really? But I mean, Apple seems like the ones that truly do care about your privacy, probably because they've been the ones that have been attacked the most with iCloud. More people use iCloud than any other cloud service, therefore, it's going to be the most vulnerable to attacks, or it's not going to be. It's going to be the most targeted for these attacks. Yeah, not yet. So, so they be vulnerable, but yeah, targeted. Yeah, they have. So they have to. Um, be upfront about this, but that's just my little two cents on this whole thing. Of like, you you're getting spied on no matter what you're doing. This laptop in front of me is spying on me right now. You know the really interesting thing. I'm I, literally talking into a microphone. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> one thing that was cool is I saw a laptop one time that had a little thing where you could specifically build slide. into the laptop a slide to cover your camera. Yeah, that's cool. It is. Uh, but but like, going back to your thing real quick is uh. You're talking about uh, Apple being transparent about it and coming right. out front and saying, hey, we are very clear with what we do and don't do. And that's what Sony is doing right now. And Sony's doing that. And when you think about these people who are constantly living in the edge of, well, if they're doing this, then the fact that you think that they wouldn't also be doing this is it makes you foolish. One, I don't remember who said it. I don't remember what it was. And I understand the basic meaning of what they're saying. But one of the things about being transparent is it has the equal and opposite reaction of making certain people trust you more because you're being transparent yeah. and then making other people go, Suspect you the for fact that else. you're telling us this is makes me scared of what you're not telling us. Yeah. And I heard someone, I it, it might have even been Gideon. I, I might want to put that on someone who didn't say it, but I read recently that someone specifically mentioned it. It was on Twitter. They said, this makes me worry about the things that they aren't telling us. I get it. And like, that's the thing is that like, I don't, fully trust any company you should never No, <laughs> i put my faith in that when i spend money on certain companies i will get a good experience and i'll get my value out of it so far companies do great jobs they make it on my permanent i like this company list they mess up they get kicked off that list for a while till good graces come back till there's a reason to come back i talked about this last episode right now not i'm a big google fan not buying pixel phones yep i still love google's like architecture because it works. It works well. And it, it works arguably the best out of every other thing there is. But guess what? Their phones can be boo-boo butter. And I don't get the help that I am rightfully t- entitled to via warranty that they give without jumping through hoops that I'm not jumping through. There are people who have Pixel phones that have never had an issue out of them that love them. Yep. 
And like I think you technically are one of them until OnePlus came along. You didn't have an issue out of yours. My wife still uses my Pixel 2 and loves it. And I still have my Pixel 2, albeit yep. it's just off and probably dead. But my thing is, is like you, and I've said this a hundred times before, don't ever fully trust a company. Yep. Just have faith that their products are going to serve you for as long as you are faithful to that company. The second... Those products become unfaithful to you. You become unfaithful to that company. Well, and you your trust yourself stop. to do all the research that you need to do and think right. about a company and what they're. And technology good for is for. the greatest pitfall that you can fall into with that. You can easily, 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 easily mess up and go off of somebody else's word and have a bad experience, and then you've wasted one hundred, two hundred, a thousand dollars because their word isn't set in stone or their word wasn't worth the wait. Now I'm curious to hear what Josh says about those headphones. Cause he messaged us and he actually lucky, lucky dog him, those headphones, the 9,600 Phillips yep. that I recommended, he got them. He got the new version of them that have like a gold, like a nice little gold ring around them. The things are sexy looking. The ones I have are the old ones that have it's like a family show. Don't be saying words like sexy. Every boy, <laughs> they are sexy looking, but anyways, he may not like him at all, but he went off my recommendations and now it, it may not work, which that's the thing, right? You recommend me a product and I end up hating the product. I'm not going to trust that recommendation or a recommendation from you in that same vein mm-hmm. until I'm proven right. And that's how all, um, that's how companies should be treated. If a company gives you a product that doesn't work and they don't take care of you, don't, don't give that company any more of your faith in your, in your, your money because it's not worth it. And for now, until Google gives me a reason to come back to their phones, I'm not going to do it. There are other services though. Fine. I've not been failed by them yet. Until yeah. until I see my name on a Chinese website that has all my information on it <laughs> and it says sold by Google, we're good. You know, I will say that I do. I appreciate that I think oh. the majority of consumers, that does look really good. I think the majority of consumers do actually act. I think that most people work within those confines. And I, because I, I see people call, I often saying, this is what I've spent money on, this is what you failed on you have lost me for the time being as a customer. And some people view that as just going online and just saying you're going to do something. And don't be wrong. There's just as high of a chance that someone says it just to make a statement and try and make it themselves look big on place, like on Twitter or Facebook, and then actually continue to go on and use the devices. Well, not even that. It's like somebody could, could not have enough money. Say they get the Google pixel five. They hate it, but they don't have the money to switch. So their word at that point is as good as switching because they may take people's, they may take sales away from Google because of their word. That's true. So and then, the, and then until they can afford to replace with another phone. Yeah. Cause like I've looked at the Google pixel five. There's nothing in that phone that would bring me back. Uh, I, I think the thing like while we're just randomly talking about pixel five, small side boost, I've looked at it and while I'm not going to go for it, I think if I was ever going to look at it from a position of someone who is out, I think that the one thing that they've done here is that they've actually made a notable change in how they approach things. They did. And do. that at it's, least means that the chances of them making a notable change in how they approach other sections are pretty high. Yes. This is a much cheaper phone for them. And that's this why I'm is them on stop it. worrying about being a flagship but never at quite offering flagship support. Certain flagship aspects would go wrong. Their screens would have issues occasionally. Yeah. These aren't things that I'm ignorant to. And my Pixel 2 has held up phenomenally well. I, I'm almost surprised that she still uses it every day. It's it's a three-and-a-half-year-old phone that's been used daily. Yeah. And besides the battery, it's which is normal. Did you have the XL? Yeah. Okay. Same see, phone. See, my wife still uses hers, and we got hers at the same time I got mine. Yeah. And hers is fine. She has a crack in her screen now. Yeah. But, but see, when you look at those things, yeah, it's just – 
I will say that I like when companies make a notable, huge change that go, oh, you're suddenly thinking of things way differently because we are finally seeing Google say, we have tried and tried and tried and failed and failed and failed. How about we leave that alone? And what we do is we try in a new area and we're going to completely change the way that we think about our phone. We don't need the highest end Snapdragon. We're going to put a different Snapdragon in our phone. We're going to go with a budget fit. We're going to bring in 5G. We're going to get rid of that Soleil hand gesture thing that was on the Pixel 4. And we're just going to go back to a plain and dry, but well-working and well-tested fingerprint sensor in the back. I like seeing companies say, we've lost and failed so much of there. Let's focus our attention elsewhere and try something different. Speaking of the fingerprint sensor, because we'll get off the subject now. But uh, speaking of the fingerprint sensor, it's weird how that changes the way you hold a phone. It massively changes the way you hold a phone. Because, like, I I used to pick up my phone and do this. Now all I do is pick up my phone and just do this. And it's unlocked. Yep. And uh, back when I had the uh, OnePlus, I'd pick up my phone and do this. Where I don't do that. No, I, I just... Honestly, I really hope more companies start doing Face ID that works as well as this does because this is my preferred, laziest way of unlocking a phone. Yeah. It's, it's literally picking it up. And while there's a lock on there, I don't ever really realize it because it's that fast. Well, the Google Pixel 4 had you covered then. <laughs> Google Pixel 4 had them doo-doo butter uh, sent, like, motion things I didn't care about. Oh, let me skip a playlist on my, or, or song there, on my Spotify. But their depth me... sensors that were in there were very similar, yeah. though different. They wave over. And they used it. radar to read your face and then come back. So it was... Same like, level of security. It's like the new iPhone 12 that got announced. It's like the small one actually has me contemplating going back to a small phone, but there's no reason I need that right now. This yeah. one works perfectly fine for me. True. Yeah. Took it off the charger at 4 a.m. this morning when I woke up because I've been awake since 4 a.m. It's at 92% still. I've been on my phone quite a lot. Solid. All right. PSVR also received an update alongside the 8.0 update, bringing the headset to version 5.0. No real details were given, but you have to assume that this is preparing the headset to be used with PS5 consoles for users that will be bringing it over. Um, Just makes sense. I don't know if that necessarily means... What I'm real curious about, which apparently has been confirmed, that if, if for some reason, which is very rare, it was a PSVR game that was made with an unlocked frame rate option, that they could use it and you could experience a full natural 120. Because one of the things that happens with VR right now, with the PSVR headset, is that the games can be made to be 120 frames per second they, natively, they or they it. can be made to be 90 frames per second natively, and then there's a, a algorithm that Sony has that breaks the game up and then splits it up to where it pushes it to a 120 that is imperceivable to average people. Did Resident Evil 7 doesn't run at 120, does it? No, it's a 90, and then it's up. It's up. It's not up res, clearly, but it's yeah. scaled up to 120 frames per second yeah. from that 90. But I promise you, if you play it, it doesn't give you any problems. It never did. Uh, now, it, don't it, be wrong. Because I did play you it twice. From what, what you get from that is called screen door effect, which doesn't I don't, bother the way you feel. It, it's, it's a visual thing that you feel That's what I don't like. And for yeah. those that don't know, imagine if you are looking through a screen door, there's a very fine grid, a very fine meshed grid yeah. kind of thing. And it's weird because a lot of times you can't avoid it. But certain games and certain situations and certain lighting, I heard, you I heard, see it. I heard it's really prominent in 7. Like, I hear 7 is the worst example of a PSVR game there is with that. It's one of the more detailed PSVR games. So Which is probably, probably part of why, it. yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of VR games get away with it by having flatter textures. Like, you know, Which is one of the weirdest things, and, and it looks fantastic. Job Simulator looks great. It does. But the art style makes sense to why everything is smooth textured. Yeah. So you don't worry. You don't think about it. And you're like, wow, this looks really cool. It's just because it's fun, though, Yeah, too. That's true. 
All right, last thing before we get into the UI, Sony have announced that a new version of the PS Store will be going live on both the web and mobile version starting next week through October 28th. Uh, this is likely to bring them both in line with the PS5's version of the store that we now know, as the UI has uh, said, that will be integrated on the system level instead of being an app like we've seen since the real early days of the store once it finally moved off of being a web browser on the PS3's dot. Man, I know you didn't have a PS3 back then, but early days when you'd go to the PS Store and the PS3 and it would just open a web browser. Yeah. It was bad. It loaded the... I, I remember that. Like, I, I didn't use it a whole lot, but, like, when Seth had his... Yeah. I, I would go to the PSN store just to look around and it would load up a window that wasn't even full to the screen size. Yeah. And it was it a was, web browser. Yeah. It was weird. But, yeah, being there now, I I liked it once they finally changed from that. But I think I read online before that, that more people use their PS3 for porn than they did downloading games off the web browser. <laughs> Would not surprise me. Let me know if you've heard that, too. I, I want to say that's what it was. It may not have been downloading games, but it was it was definitely more people on the PS3 have looked at porn over this. And I can't think of what that was. I want to say it was the buying games online. <laughs> Crazy how Considering far Considering that digital games weren't nearly as popular, I think it's reasonable. Because you know Pornhub releases their numbers every year for what consoles that, and devices were most commonly vi- visiting their site? I never knew that, no. Every year. It's and PS5, for a long PS4. time, the Nintendo 3DS was really hot. Dude, I want to say that was like a 4chan uh kind of thing like where they're like let's make the ds on this list because yeah. you know fortunate always does dumb stuff like yeah, that. yeah that's true and it's like the worst screen you could possibly have around it was there was an artist and i can't think of who it was but they were like vote where we should have our next concert and they did it at like a deaf uh a deaf mental hospital what that's so like it was maybe like taylor swift is an example i don't remember who it was but it was like so 4chan decided they like posted it on 4chan and they're like Let's go vote and make th- this one, which is like a hospital for the deaf. And that, that's where this next concert would be. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the, the person canceled. And it, that, like, it looks like a jerk because they, I think they announced it. And then had to cancel it. That's interesting. Uh, well, while he's it looking is Taylor up, Swift. It was Taylor Swift? <laughs> yes. It's to the school for the, for the deaf. Single a single foil trolls and prompts fifty thousand dollars in contributions, and I think I I don't remember what it was. It was Reddit and Fortune that did it, but they amused uh, the prospect of winning a concert for deaf students. Hijacked a content sponsored by Papa John's and a textbook rental company Chegg that would send Swift to perform to a school with the most received votes on Facebook. So they did a, but naturally they did a um. They did uh, a school for the deaf. <laughs> they sent Pitbull to Alaska over the summer. <laughs> when they, uh, that's the guy. I think that's who canceled. I think Taylor Swift showed up, but I think uh, Pitbull canceled his uh, Alaska concert. Who has like you know the population of Alaska is like 110 people or something. <laughs> that's and who's going to a Pitbull concert? That's massively wrong on the <laughs> the population of what is it like 303. <laughs> Alright, so last thing clearly is the PS5 UI, which if you've not been living under a rock, you've seen something of. Um, one thing I thought was really cool was that they started it with the same thing that they teased back in the last showcase, where it was the UI with the press the PlayStation button, yeah. which just looks sleek. Alaska looks really has good. 731 people in it. Thousand. <laughs> 731,000. Uh, That's where uh, Aquaman went, wasn't it? Aquaman? Where Batman went to see Aquaman? Alaska? And Batman versus uh, Justice League or whatever it's called. Batman versus Justice League. <laughs> Justice League. 
Oh, okay. Um, Alaska, you crazy. So, thinking on the PS5 UI, they showed it. They showed how you go into it. And I like that they showed it from the press PlayStation button and immediately brings you into Sackboy Adventures, which also, side note, I love the hub world idea for the Sackboy game where it it's cool. kind of like the classic games where the character just moves between the dots, but instead you're physically running around that map. I loved it. So, I'll tell you this much. From like the first two minutes of this video, I thought that you were playing Sackboy in the background and that the card system was the menu for the, the UI. And I was trying to figure out what these cards meant. And I was like, what oh, are because they these? were all specifically about that game. Yeah. As well. And I was thinking, I was like, is this, is this like, like, what is this a surprise percentage? Is this a trophy in another game? Like, is this the UI and he's playing the game in the background and it paused? Like, it's almost like quick resume that PlayStation or the Xbox has, but it's, Doing that with keeping the game in the background where you still see it. Yeah. When you're looking at the UI. Well, I mean, that's essentially what they said. Like, you, they booted the, the system up, and when you boot the game up, it brings up that quick menu, that, and then yeah. you can double tap in to get into the real UI if you want to go all the way back. Right. But it's just, I thought that big card system was the UI and not what was at the end of the video. Even gotcha. though that is, that is, that's not the system UI, but that is a game UI. It's like the quick menu. It's a yeah. new take on the quick menu. Which is... It depends if if you like obtrusiveness. I didn't mind that at all. The quick menu, I liked how and how simplistic it is and how quick it is to navigate through. Where this looks about as simplistic and quick, but it takes up more screen real estate. It well, it does and it doesn't, and it and it well at least from what we saw. And the big thing yeah. is that we didn't see it all, right? The thing about the quick menu that's real ugly is like if you need to do something simple, it is. It only takes up like a third of your screen. Yeah. But the moment you go to do anything else, it suddenly takes up two thirds of your screen. And then the other thing I don't really care for about with the quick menu, it's perfectly fine. I don't have any huge complaints about the quick menu, um, but. It's not as simple to just go into something as you'd wish. Like, and then when you go into a lot of the things, for a long time, you could go into the party part of the quick menu, right? But you couldn't view the party, leave the party, or anything like that. So it was like, why is it even here? All you can see is who's in it. You can't go and invite people. If you click invite, it doesn't happen there. It takes you out of the game to the party screen and then does everything there. They've worked on that. But I like the idea of always having the game kind of in the background still being there because you can see. Excuse me. You can still see what's going on. You kind of have an idea. And then to me, this looks less obtrusive than the quick menu because there's a level of, it goes from being opaque to being all the way through and you can see the game and then you can, the cards and everything on the bottom. It takes up much less of the screen, which for is the same basic bits of information. And it looked like the quick, the quick menu, at least day one, because the quick menu was not there on PS4. No, day one. That was like four. No, that was it like was, five years ago. It was later, yeah. It was probably like a year into the system, and then they've continued to expand it. But I like that it takes up the bottom third and never anymore, it looks like. Well, and see, that's what I like about the main UI when you're on the home screen. It is much smaller than mm -hmm. the crossbar we have now, but then you have all kinds of cool information. See, this is what I was saying. I wish it just wasn't there. Yeah. I just wish that was blank space, which is when you have the store selected, you can see games in the store. Yeah. But, um, when which I have a remark to that. But Go ahead. Um, on the store, you know, one of the things they were very specific to say is that the store is no longer an app. It's something that's built into the system UI. Yeah. Now, one of the things I hope for with that is that means that you get system UI level control over the app. And that means that in the system settings, you can say, what do I and do I not want to see from the store? On the home screen, do I want to hide that information and have it where I don't see anything until I'm in the store? Yeah. Or do I want the store to give me preview information before I'm in there? Oh, you know what I would love? Yeah. I would love so much if they had a wish list. 
and you can add games to the wish list, and when they're on sale, that's what pops up. That's where they pop up? Yeah, yeah. see, that level of control would be fantastic. And technically, now that it's on the system level and it can be something that goes through, that is possible. Yeah. Whether or not they actually do it becomes a whole other ball game. Which, but the other thing is, is that this is a starting point. And one of the great things is. about UI, and to me, PlayStation's UI, one of the things I really like from PlayStation is that they they do a UI and then they only evolve that single UI. Microsoft has been known for a long time, and some people like this, to do a UI until they feel like they've come up with an entirely new UI that serves everyone better whether or not it actually does, but they'll go through and completely change the system. And it was a huge thing for them on the 360. They changed their UI like six times by the end of that generation. And I think on, so I think right now on the Xbox one, we're at their fourth change. Um, Sounds about right. Third or fourth. Yeah. So I like that PlayStation goes, this is the UI that we're committing to. And I think that means more upfront. I think more is thought of upfront from PlayStation with their UI. And then it continues to evolve in new ways, like the quick menu, where it's like, well, do we really have to have people completely leave the game screen to do something real quick? No, we don't have to. Okay, how do we do that? We bring up a bar at the side that looks kind of like you're taking this menu and just turning it up on the side. All right, that's great. You know what's weird? What's that? The, one of the games they showed in this is Destruction All-Stars. Yep. Which is Twisted Metal. Yep. It's very weird. But it's Fortnite Twisted Metal. It is Fortnite Twisted Metal. Uh, I don't mean anything bad by that, but clearly it's like, what if you took the idea of Twisted Metal and made it not so dark and mature, but made it kind of fun and... Neon color poppy kind of yeah, thing. And with a bunch of skins that you change out and earn. So overall, I really like it. Like I think, for me, it's much more minimal, and I like that. I like it being smaller, and I like... One thing I really don't care about with the new system, or the current system, is when you're on your cross-menu and you have a game selected and you go down, it it does not do this thing that it's doing now. Like, this is giving you information about the game, your trophy progress, how many trophies you've earned and everything, but it's all right here. And it's a good, quick summary, despite... I'm sure that there's more info down that you could still go see. And at the same time, there's still so much space on the screen. Yeah. It's not clustered. It's not claustrophobic. Uh, yeah. It is done... Almost perfectly, I think that this and the Xbox's new UI is are, are really good, like solid steps in the right direction. I have not watched uh, Xboxes, and I do. I, so while I'm aware that it exists, I do want to watch theirs. Uh, but while we're talking about Playstations in particular here, I like the idea of keeping something that's very similar to the PlayStation 4's cross. It's technically not the cross media bar, but it. It's, I mean, it is. It is it an is, evolution. It's just smaller. Uh, but what I like, well, I'm saying the PS4 technically wasn't called the cross media bar, even though. In oh a lot no, of ways, I still call it the cross media bar. It's it's like an evolution of it. I I actually think that the PS4 one early days was worse than the PlayStation 3 XMB. But regardless, what I like about the what Sony did is that they're like, why take up so much room? Why limit what you can do? Which they've made good ideas with with the PS4's UI, right? They thought, well, since we have this idea of a two-shelf UI, one that moves up and one that moves down, we'll keep the center one and you'll have a different background image and we can create themes that let you switch to a completely different background image when you go further down or up into your system. Yeah. I like that basic idea. That's cool. But it took them a long time to get there. What I like about this is that day one, they're like, why take up 
so much room when we don't have to. Let's go ahead and slap these things up here, separate it, leave the the center image so that you can have more control. And my hope here is that you have better control over backgrounds and stuff again, day one than you did for PS4. If we're talking about features that we like, that we want to come back around, I want themes to stay and I want them to be there day one working well and not be something that we have to get way later. I want them to be as customizable as they currently are, if not more customizable. How PS, you can, PS3 levels of customization, So That's true. It used to be over... I don't know if people knew this or not, but you could overlay the buttons or the You could themes. do everything. On your computer, you could download a program from Sony officially where you built a theme. You told it what every single logo you wanted to be. Now, people did stupid stuff with it, where it was like a Tenacious D theme, where it was just different Jack Black and Kyle Gass yeah. faces. But that level of control is nice. And not something you see very often. Uh-uh. So, um, but going a little bit more into it from there, I do like the basic home screen. But thinking more on like the basic design elements of the UI when you're in the game, I'm loving this idea of floating notifications that are interactable mm-hmm. that you don't have to leave to deal with. I love that. One of the things I really love that is kind of in that mindset is the idea that there's ways that you can bring up videos and help and watching your other friends play games and never leave the game to see that information and then choose where you want to put it on your existing screen. And this leads me to a big thing. So I love that basic idea, and we'll talk about some of the individual ideas themselves, but the basic idea of saying I have other content that I want to watch while I'm gaming, whatever it may be, I can put it on my screen either in a picture-in-picture mode or I can shoot it to the side of one of my screens and control which side of my screen it's on. This brings back really fond memories I had of the only Xbox One UI feature that I loved early days, which was the snap feature. And it was it was great. Now, I know that what they were doing right now is showing games, so they didn't want to show this in a way that wasn't game-specific. But I think what's going to end up happening here, and I'm really hoping so, is that if you want to watch Amazon, Netflix, someone on Twitch, whoever it be, even if they're not your friends list, whatever it is, any other app that shows visual content that you can choose to bring up, be it even YouTube, snap it to the side of your screen while you're doing something, and then go on. Now, is that something everyone wants? No. It's Saul's preferred situation is what he has currently. Yeah. A TV screen and then directly beside you your computer so that you can essentially have the same thing. But not everybody has that much space. Not everybody wants to have a computer. Some people like having it in one thing. That's me. I like the idea of being able to say, I want to watch a Netflix stand-up special while I'm playing Call of Duty Warzone because ultimately it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. So that like used to, I would always watch Netflix comedy specials while we were playing Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Yeah. So I love that basic idea, and there's no reason not to. Also, being able to say, again, if the system didn't already have this built in, but in a previous situation, it was like, well, I can bring up YouTube, and I can go, how do I beat this boss, or how do I get past this puzzle that I just can't get past? And you can look it up on your phone, or you can just quickly look it up and then throw it over so that you're seeing on the same screen, so you're not having to do this thing of up and down on your phone. Instead, you're just doing it on one screen. Some people like that, and it comes back to that idea of level of control. Yeah. Regardless of whether all users care to use it, there's never a feature that all all people care to use. Yeah, like I don't care to use that feature at all. Like I don't like obtrusive. Like, it, like if I'm watching YouTube, yeah. one of my pet peeves is when somebody shows me a video and they don't have it full screen. I just like show it to me. Like like if we're gonna watch a video, make it full screen. There's no reason not to. Yeah. Uh, because it just it's it's not distracting, but it's just annoying to see other things around it. It yeah. takes away. It goes back to what we talked about with Mega Man borders, and um. For me, it's just it's not something I would ever use, but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be there. Yeah. But you gave me a great idea of something that could be Sony specific that could also be something very 
successful. What if, you, okay, so you know how you can stream on Twitch through your PlayStation 4? Yep. What if Sony had its own separate streaming services that were only PS5 streamers, and they started to make a competing service for streaming using people on PS5, and you can pop them onto your screen as you're playing a game, and you can watch them stream while you play that same game, and it takes that level of playing with a streamer that much further. Oh, man. That's not a bad idea, though. The stupid juggle. <laughs> is it better for Sony to do that through a partnership? This kind of comes down to that idea of like, should Sony buy bigger studios, right? Some people are like, Sony should buy Square Enix. Why? And the real reason that people ask why, and I get it, as a retaliation to Microsoft, Microsoft buying Bethesda, a company they've had good relationships with, People think, well, okay, you do the same and you take away stuff from Xbox. But Sony stands to gain more from just doing what they've been doing and saying, hey, you've had great sales on our system and we've had great people wanting to buy our system because of the games that you put on our system and our partnerships in the past. So why would we not continue partnerships that are cheaper and strategically just as advantageous for us? The same thing would happen here. As much as I like that idea, wouldn't it make just more sense to be like, hey, Twitch? It would, but I think at the same time, when you're streaming something, say if you're streaming Call of Duty uh, Cold War Beta, if you're streaming it on Twitch or on a PS4, you're yep. automatically at a disadvantage to other people because they other people are going to be streaming it. They're going to have higher quality setups than you because they're going to have better cameras they can plug sure. in your computer. Sure. This would make it more unified streaming platform for PS5 users and only PS5 users. And it gives them a reason to make that pinnable video a kind of a cool thing because you don't have to worry about integrating in a Twitch stream and having to like worry about having to pin that because I imagine that'd be way more power to have to pin a, a, a current going Twitch stream when it's not baked into their own software already. Maybe, maybe. And it could really put people who want to stream, but like I'll, I'll tell you right now, if you try to stream from PS4, I think I said this last episode, you're at an automatic disadvantage because it's lower quality. You're not going to get the same quality. Your, your microphone quality is not great at all um, unless you have like a USB microphone, which I don't even know if works with a PS4. It does, um, but also big thing here, and this is actually something I think is important. So, like Sony, of course, took a big step in with the share button and all the ideas of like yeah. how can we make people be able to do stuff from their console. They're, one of the things I liked about talking during the UI was the confirmation that what you can do <laughs> is um, anyway the confirmation that the systems can capture stuff at 4K 60 frames per second. I like that because that means that any device or any program like Twitch would be able to pull and utilize that 4K 60 frames per second pull. Well, you wouldn't there, be able to stream there, that. Oh, yeah, but, but you don't stream that no matter what you do right now yeah. because that's ridiculous. The and bit rate is, is be so hard to do. Yeah. But what it means is that the information that's being fed in before it's getting repopulated out to a different thing is higher quality to begin with. And it's not having to look at what we have on PlayStation right now. Like if you have a base PlayStation... I think you can only record at 720p. Yeah. And, and 30 you can frames. only do that at 30 frames. And then 1080p 60 and then is pro. Even though the game can do it, yeah, but 1080p 60 is pro. So when you look at both of those things, it means that you're taking a game and you're already giving a worse version of what it looks like, and then it's being re-encrypted further. Yeah. And that's, whenever it goes out. So if you can cut out that middleman and say, from the get-go, we're giving you the highest possible that we can give you, yeah. now you're going to go and you're going to encrypt that especially because the bitrate's coming from sony's own systems if they incorporated their own network for that then exactly. it could be even better be even better so uh, that's a cool idea i do like that though. i mean because xbox has mixer yeah well not now it got closed well yeah not surprised with that 
Oh, you didn't know that? Had Mixer. Uh-uh. Oh. I think I heard that and maybe I forgot because I just, I just didn't care. <laughs> but that's a whole other conversation that we're going we're going to get into it real quick because I think it's, it's, it's interesting more than anything. I don't know if you're aware of this. So you know I had a Zoom and I love the Zoom. Yes. All right. Do you want to know exactly the arc of what the Zoom did and where the Zoom ended up? We've talked about this on the show before. Have we? Yes. <laughs> have, I, have I specific? I, I know I've talked about it with Blake and Chris, but this no. was a realization recently that the arc that happened. Did I tell you about Zoom? It was called Zoom Music Pass. Uh huh. For some reason, I, I'm sorry. Then I'm wasting y'all's time. I, I thought I'm, we I'm, had this. I'm, maybe it was that day we went to Chipotle. We were talking about this. We but about I'm 90 percent sure we talked about it on the show. Like. Not too long ago. But hey, if I didn't, it, the, the one nugget I really want you to take away from this is that it was called Zune Music Pass, and we're right now seeing Xbox Game Pass, and it was a failure, even though it was a fantastic idea. <laughs> but more importantly... It was ahead of its time, just like the Vita. It was ahead of its time, just like the Vita. But more importantly, the thing that I really want you to take away from this is that one of the features from the Zune, and this is just so funny, was that you could send music to other people that had Zunes, and it was called squirting. <laughs> Okay, maybe we didn't talk about that. We talked about the music pass. I'm like 90% sure because I think we are talking about Sony MP3 players. I was talking about it with Actually, Blake. Actually, we did because I brought up, I, I, I sit here and searched a... So, uh, One uh, of the Sony ones? No, it was a Fio. Oh. Fio okay. brand. That was like $140. Yeah. But we were talking about it with Blake and I was like, he knew. He's like, you could send music to other people and let them listen to your music. Dude, I was like, yeah. And I was like, it had a crazy name though. It was like really sexual. And he was like, and I couldn't remember at the time. And then he's like, oh, I just squirted some music over to you. I was like, I'm not even joking. That's exactly what it was called. He's like, you're lying. And I had to get him to look it up. But no, that's what it was called. You could squirt music to your friends. Oh, man. And video. <laughs> but no, I just thought that was an interesting story for the way that Microsoft goes. Because the weird thing about Microsoft is that they are infamous for going all into a market doing way too much way too quick and then just bouncing from that market they've been better about that lately but mixer kind of proved that mixer is another example yeah mixer though i think mixer was mixer from the get-go was doomed to fail People thought Zoom from the get-go was doomed to fail. People thought Windows phones from the get-go were doomed to fail. People thought Xbox from the to get-go fair, were doomed to fail. They all were doomed to fail. All of those were doomed to fail, and the only one that hasn't so far is Xbox. <laughs> well, Mixer came out of time with the iPod, where iPod was the name. That's why they failed. Mixer oh, Zoom, came, you mean. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Mixer came out when a time when Twitch was a thing, and that failed because of Twitch. Xbox Windows came out when PS2 came out was when a thing. Literally, the, the droid was out. Yeah. But, well, you're talking about, though... It's, I would consider those markets to be vastly different. I mean... MP3 player market's different than a console market. Oh, it is. But I'm just saying that all of those markets had a clear market leader. Yeah, but... but when, when, you, the, when they introduced But you then. have games. Games keep people on console platforms. That is true. So why... Exclusive music for the Zune. Why do people still play Xbox? <laughs> the next Metallica album will be only on Zune. <laughs> That'd have been a ballsy move, but I'm not going wait. That UI, happened, didn't it? No, it didn't. No, you could only buy the new Knock album at like Target, couldn't you? Oh, probably at a retailer, but that's only physical, and that makes that doesn't matter at this point. And I don't know if that's true, but going back to the UI, yeah, one of the things that I know that me and you have a sheer difference of opinion on, uh, at least as you currently see it, is the idea of in-game help being yeah. built into the system. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, Please, please give your argument against it. Just I because say. I feel like going in system to go find that answer, I can't see how it would be done better than just going to Google and finding it. But at the same time, because you, you brought up when we're talking about this, getting spoiled by something, because you go to Google and type it in, you shouldn't be looking up a guy the first time you play a game anyways. I agree with that. 
And I know that was a big goes, point of uh, our the, initial conversation. The, the whole thing, the just this whole nature of this goes against anything I do when I'm playing a video game. I don't look up stuff on my first time unless I'm legitimately stuck for an hour at end or something. And even then, I don't look. It's not going to go look it up as my thing. Um, it's to quit playing the game. But <laughs> um, like, I don't like this feature solely because I. As a kid, used to look through strategy guides. When yeah. I beat Legend of Zelda, I would go through Arcane Times strategy guide over and over and over again, just reading it like a book, like like a, like a just going through looking at the art and going through looking at items that I never found and seeing where to find them. That to me seems like it's way like having it there is much more fun. Nicky Jackie did a good video on this about how like Rockstar includes maps with all their games, but yep. you never are forced to use the map. Yeah, sure. It would be super cool for a Rockstar game to have like a treasure thing on their map that when you get the game and you look at the map, you have to use that map to go find a treasure in the game. Yeah. Eventually it'll get solved and it'll be put online. But it'd be cool that if it started from that. And I think even if nothing else, right? Because I think force is a weird word, but I think if nothing else, if they had a secret that was on the map and a part in the game where you could utilize the map, yeah. it'd be a cool added bonus. Like he like there yeah. was in I do remember him talking about that. That would be in really Grand cool. Three, you were forced to use the map in a certain mission because it was like go or Grand Theft Auto Four because you had to go find a car as part of that stupid. I hate Grand Theft Auto Four. It's that stupid thing like we had to go find cars for that one guy, and you could only go find a car. Like he texts you the address, and then you pull up the map to go find it on the map because the in-game map didn't have addresses or names of streets. Oh, so like you could actually do it that way, which is cool, dude. Using physical stuff like that in outside of games is super cool. Which I guess is why, like, it goes it, that leads into strategy guides, which strategy guides for me leads into that. Like, I just, it just seems like I, it's a feature I would never use, and therefore, like, I just don't see a purpose in it. Yeah. But I'm not saying it shouldn't be there. Yeah. I just noticed that you were great quick. And, you know, me too. I think my, the difference for me on here was that when I saw it, I was like, it's not something I have any intention of using because I don't play games that way. It's just not something I've ever really done. But when you look at the basic idea, oh boy, off camera shenanigans. Um, but if you look at the basic idea, I understand that a lot of people, it comes down to this idea of, and I, there's so many words I hate using because they get used so much that they almost just sound like a mockery. But this idea that people put on gatekeeping people from gaming. And now clearly that's impossible at this level because even if you don't do it on the console level, they can go do it anywhere else they want. If they, if you have a game. What's your example? Well, my, my, what I'm basically getting at is like, right, say that the only way that help was possible was that it had to be baked into the console. This situation will never exist. Yeah, because it would just be put online. I, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if when people talk about gatekeeping, you have that situation. But the basic idea of gatekeeping, is, yeah, I, I'm hating having to say the word over and over again. But people look at it as, okay, if you're saying that someone shouldn't do something this way, so you're just not going to give any avenues toward it, that's not your full argument, but it's part of your argument. Right. Some people actually do that. Like, hey, if you have to look up how to play games, then you shouldn't be playing games. That's an argument that a lot of people have. Mm -hmm. Now, when you start to look at it on this level, when I look at it on the system level, I go, is it something I intend to use? No. Do I think it's an interesting idea and something that pushes the gaming industry forward, if even for a moment, even if it eventually does fail? Which is something that does happen, clearly. We saw PlayLink come and go. It pushed the gaming industry forward. It didn't stick, and then it fell back off. That's okay, but at least someone tried, and I appreciate that. I mean, even the idea of Games Pass, right? If Games Pass ultimately does fail, which I don't anticipate that it will, mm -mm. but even if it does eventually fail, Zune Music Pass was an amazing deal, and I think it pushed the music industry forward. 
even if it didn't succeed. Yeah. That's okay. So, yeah, right. When you look at those things, for me, I like the idea. This is an argument I've had going back as far as Destiny 1. I think it's a poor use when you have the ability to go and look further and go, how can we solve this problem in a way that keeps them in our ecosystem and potentially helps people without them getting lost by... The one problem that happens online is that you are a slave to the way the search engine pulls information in. And there have been times where I've wanted to look something up, not necessarily on how to do something in a game, but just where something is that you've been what, wanting to what, find or whatever something. Whatever it is. And I have a really hard time finding it. Yeah. Maybe because it wasn't that popular and very many people didn't go online or whatever. There's plenty of reasons as to why these things may not be easily findable. And some people get lost. Like, you know, example is we talk about Bobby that we work with. Yeah. He's a good, good person where he gets stuck somewhere and he either can't figure out how to explain what he needs to, to be able to search it, to find it, or he gets lost in trying to find it based off of what he's looking at. So when you look at that, having it be that the developers on their own are going we, as we make this game, are authoring every bit of this information. We can control it to where no spoilers can accidentally be given if this is your first time and you absolutely have to have help. We can also make sure that we're giving it to you. Have you ever seen the meme that makes me laugh every time? Because I notice I do it too. Every now and then I'll follow a trophy guide if it's an annoying trophy. yeah, I don't normally do that, but I occasionally do. And I'll say, okay, I don't feel like having to find all these things. So I'm, I'm just going to go do it and say, where is everything? So I can go get them. When you look at it that way, one of the things that immediately turns me off is, hey, this is your boy, blah, blah, blah. Do something, something, smash that like button. But also, up, real guys? quick, go buy these headphones. Skinny penis. Yeah, so when you look at all those things going on, I think it makes much more sense to have the developers be able to say, this is a professional, well, quickly edited. It's being respectful of your time and theirs and just saying, are you having problems with this? This is exactly what you can do to try and figure out. And then you can even level, you can get it to where there's levels of help, right? And on the, in the end game level, I like the idea of going, it's not that I need exact help, but if you could point me in the right direction, maybe it'll make me view things in a different way. So you can go stage one hint. Yeah. Stage two hint. See, it's about the basic future because it's up to the people who are in the game to author this stuff and choose how well it's implemented. It's a good idea on paper, but yeah. I just think it's one of those that'll be left behind as many early console uh, features do. And it could. There's nothing saying that it, it won't. And, it's, and I'm willing like, to live in that possibility. If the crunch for a Naughty Dog game is as true as everybody makes it out to be... Why would you waste more, people on that? It's just more like stuff. That's like more crunch. Yeah. And they're very glad I don't work for those studios because it'd be like... Saw, you're in charge of the game guide. Cool. Jump across the bridge, you idiot. <laughs> like that'd be like the game. I'd have it written out like Comic Sans. It'd be like jump across the bridge, you idiot. Yeah. So I like that basic idea though. And it's it's a lot like how I feel with the card system, right? The card system is interesting because ultimately, since Sony isn't forcing it on developers, my only hope here is that the idea of saying, here's a card, what information can be brought into that card? Is it Trophy tracking information? Yes. Is it how far I am on just something you can do in the game regardless of trophies? That's cool, That'd too. That'd be cool, yeah. And that's exactly what we saw within Sackboy's thing. It wasn't that these are tied to a trophy. It's like, hey, in this level, you've you done are. 66% of the stuff that you can ma- that of everything that you can do in this given level. Which is cool, and I hope every first-party game will have that level yeah. of attention to detail in the card system. Yeah, and I like I don't that they think showed it will. That. I don't think it will, because that's high hopes. But I think that yeah. they'll try. I think I land on more often than not is good enough for me. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if most, if the majority, even if it's like a 51 to 50 or 49, then you end up in that situation where as long as people are utilizing their ideas and occasionally pushing it forward, I like that. And that's my thing about that too. If Sony gives all developers, hopefully not just their first party, but all developers, the authoring tools for the card system or even the help system and says, it's up to you to think about new implementations of this then you can actually end up getting something that has a crazy interesting implementation because they were given essentially, hey, here's your creation tools for this. And as long as it doesn't brush up against the 100% limitations of this as a basic idea, you can do whatever you want. And now the thing about that is I wish I had an example. I can't think of one because I think that what they've done is pretty cool, but you can use the card system for a multitude of things. It's essentially infinite possibilities. It's just how good are they and how much do people like them? But I like the idea of people having the ability to kind of push it. Communities take. Hmm. I think the community's take is a very simple one here because a boring question of like, what did you guys think of the UI video? It's just going to be about how do you feel? How do you like, do you care about UI? And the reason I say that is like the last conversation we'll have here. And I think it's a fitting one. We had, kind of two different I, I group identities uh, across the Discord. And it was just kind of like, I know that these people exist. You had uh, Sean, who was looking and saying, this UI looks fantastic. A lot of what's doing is great, and I'm going to use these things. Then you had another guy that was like, it's just UI to me. And it was essentially, actually, I think it was uh, Richard Rivera. He said, this UI video is just kind of meh. And That's- I know that it led to the thing of like, he was essentially saying like, it's nothing that special to me. And then you get another guy that was like, this is amazing. And those are kind of the two people of, I always view it as some people love UI because it's your gateway into an experience. Some people put up with UI because it's your gateway into your experience. And most people are okay with UI. They don't, they may not love it, but the moment that you know that people have a feeling about UI is when the UI is bad. Bad UI yeah. is almost the emo- the immediate moment that people stop going. UI doesn't ultimately matter. They're going. This is terrible. Well, I think a good UI is a UI that's unnoticed. That's out. I mean, that's also true. Or it's at least it's a type of UI. I think all UI that does its functionality and you almost don't notice it is great. Yeah. But there is great UI that you notice, but it also does its job well. That's true. So uh, I'm going to leave it at the basic idea of. Do you care about UI as long as it's not just ultimately bad? Because I think that if I had to, and it's still not the worst, but if I had to say the only time that I think Sony has completely dropped the ball from having a just really great UI is the Vita. The Vita bubbles are ultimately clunky. They don't stop you from doing anything, and it's not the worst, but it's not very elegant looking. It's overly yeah, not, simplistic. Not a fan. It's not a great UI, and it doesn't even fit in with the way they've done things. Like, no, it, it, it looks so like, unlike Sony. It does. Like it looked, it it just didn't look a part of their ecosystem. Even at the time it came out, they, it, you would assume a crossbar like the PSP had, which yeah. is what the PS3 had. And there's no reason that a, an XMB could not have been made to utilize to touch be functions. optimized for touch, touch functionality. Yeah, you know what you could have done exactly what the PS4 was, where now they're all cubes, so that you have a defined area of what you need to touch. Yeah, but they're still in a line, and you can scroll through them, stop, and then flick up, stop. It's it could have worked perfectly well. But weird choice, weird misstep. Well, for those that don't know, you can find us on try. You can find, you can find us, us on, on Twitter, a Triangle SQRD. You can find a Facebook group called triangle squared a playstation podcast you can find us on patreon at nartech.com slash patreon.com slash nartech what is wrong with me i always get in these weird things where i can't figure this out you could across find us 
it's this jack-o'-lantern it's this jack-o'-lantern you can find us across all podcast services if you come across a service that you want to find us on and you haven't yet let us know because to our knowledge we are on majority of them shout out to Kyle Grimm for giving us a review by the way yeah I saw that thank you for your kind words my good buddy Um, but yeah if you want to catch us live um, we do that once a year um, (laughs) when we want to so I don't know when that will be next soon maybe um, but yeah, you can catch our pretty faces on in video form over on YouTube every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, noon central time. And we wanted to appreciate everybody who sits there and leaves a like, leaves a review like Kyle did, who comes to our discord and chats with us, even though sometimes we're too busy to chat back. We love watching y'all fight in there because it's good drama <laughs> gossip. It's delicious. And, um, not fight healthy arguments. No please, fight. please don't fight. Duke it out. I'll ban you, but duke it out. Anyways, we appreciate all the love. I'm going to head out of here. I'm going to let Brett leave you uh, with our lovely patron peoples and their names and his lovely voices. Thanks, guys. We'll Uh, see you all next week. Adios, amigos. Thanks to our patrons, Kyle Grimm, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green, my name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Santarud, Funk Turkey, Danny Villiobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popst, Kevin Baconbits, Joshua Lago, Eric McAllister, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stoner, Travis Below, Stefan Swanlin, this is his last month, but thank you, Stefan, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Rude Days 93, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, El Chabib, Jason Clendenning, Tyler B., and Richard Schaefer. Thank you so much. If you want to support the show with more than just your time, head over to patreon.com slash nartech. Are you going to eat this hand?